Drama City Productions presets. Access granted. Welcome, nerd. Episode 40 now loading. News Horror Comics Wrestling. Load complete. Hey, this is Damon. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. Episode 40. Best time of the year, Christian. Yes, it is Horror Month. That's right, and October is finally here. Yes. My favorite month of the year. It's a good year for gaming as well. It is. Yes. Uh, Finally got news of when the Fallout uh, 76 beta is coming out. Oh, yeah? And that will be the 23rd of October. All right. Which is the same week that Red Dead 2 comes out. Oh, holy shit. You're going to be busy, huh? Yes. Uh, on the 23rd, I am going to be streaming that like crazy. I was like thinking about taking the day off from work, but I'm like, I can't afford to do that. <laughs> so... <laughs> well, you could just pretend you're there. It's okay. I guess. No one will notice. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My supervisor would notice, and that's all that really matters, right? Yes, she doesn't even work in the building. <laughs> she doesn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a really busy month, right? I yes. Mean, so because not only that, on the twelfth, um, Call of Duty's coming out. I was gonna say, I like, I, I know shit about video games, but I know there's a lot of shit <laughs> happening <laughs> in October. So wow, okay. Yes, wow. And I, I have events for all three. So, uh, for Call of Duty, I'm going to just get blackout drunk, because I'm dumb. Okay. <laughs> uh, you can come watch me take a shot every time I die in special game modes. Uh, and also... Um, well, I'm actually worried about you now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have the next day off. Because you die days. a lot, I feel like, so... That's... It's special game modes that allow me to live a little bit longer. Okay. So, like, blackout mode... Will your girlfriend at least be there, too? Yes, she'll be serving, and she'll probably be drinking, too. Oh, all right, well. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't die. (laughs) But I'll also be putting a special menu up if you want to donate and make us drink more. So, be a fun, fun playthrough. Uh, That'll be a drink along with Christian. Yes, exactly. There you go. Um, I wouldn't suggest it, but... (laughs) (laughs) Um, and that you can follow us on Twitch. Exactly. Right? What's our... How do you follow us on Twitch? Well, it's Amazing Nerd Show. It's just Amazing Nerd Show. Okay. You'll find our logo pretty easily. All right. All right. Is there anything else going on on Twitch this month? Um, no. Besides that, I just finished Spider-Man. Oh, there you go. How was that? Um, very enjoyable. Uh, the story was a a little bit more serious than I thought it was going to be. Okay. Uh, Because, you know, Spider-Man can have a lot of fun. And the game started off very much like that, but you kind of see how hard it is to be Peter Parker in this world. And I, and I thought that was a really interesting take. 
Okay. Uh, especially for like a brand new Spider-Man video game. So the last thing you think is there's going to be so much drama and heartfelt stuff going on with his character in a video game. And this wasn't an origin story, correct? No. This was, this like, was just kind of like, this is him in his life. I would say this is more like right before he gets in with too many like hard-hitting stuff in his life. Okay. Because Doc Ock was still not Doc Ock yet. Uh, okay. the, yeah, so this is early on then. Yes. If, I mean, I mean, it's not like... It's not based on, like, it's like their own story, so it's not like, oh, we're starting right here from where the comics are. This is just like them building their own cinematic kind of universe. Yeah, yeah which is cool. Because mm. we all know the basic elements of yes. Spider-Man's universe, so you can kind of pick and choose and, you know, fuck with the time, you know, line as much as you want, and people won't get lost, at least. So, that's cool. So then, basically, what? who's the main villain in this whole story? So Do you see Dr. Octopus become Dr. Well, Octopus? Well, spoilers. Okay. Dr. Octopus becomes Dr. Octopus. Good. Uh, <laughs> he, he Throughout the beginning of the game, you kind of see and help him start to build the arms and stuff. Like, he's working on, like, special arms for amputees and stuff. Like, uh, what is that? Cybernetics and stuff like that. Okay. And, you know... He gets screwed over by Norman, because that's who he was originally working with and working for, so, um, in this game, in this universe. Okay. <laughs> well, actually, that follows along with the, like, Ultimates, uh, the Ultimate, uh, Spider-Man's kind of, um, oh, okay. uh, storyline, too, that continuity, so that, that makes sense. So, yeah, Norman kind of takes his funding away, and, um, he, like, finds funding through, I believe, through AIM, and, um... We find out that he's actually been making things for villains and... Uh, All this entire time and Peter didn't realize yeah. it. Right. Uh, and he liked to help fund his own research and his research leads him to making these super arms, um, which we all know, the classic Dr. Octopus arms. And he tries to speed that along as fast as he can because also his body is degenerating and he's dying slowly. So this not really dying. He's just like losing um, the ability to use his own limbs. Okay. Like it's uh, I forgot what the disease is called. It's some it's some neurological disease. Okay. Um. So he's like trying to race along, get this done, and by doing that, he creates the chip, and the chip fucks with his mind and changes his moods real fast. Mm-hmm. And then of course we get evil Doctor Octopus. Um. He forms together the Sinister Six to kind of um go after Norman. And that's kind of the oh, story. Oh, so they're actually directed towards Norman. Yes. Um, the whole world is just pissed off at Norman. Norman's like the mayor of the town. Uh, he has um, kind of been doing shady things as a way to make a surgery, like a um, serum to help his son, Harry. Apparently, Harry has been dying with a disease that his mother had. Everyone's just dying in this game. Huh? Yes. It got real, <laughs> Everyone's diseased and dying. It got All real right. grim. So um, we have this uh, chemical called Devil's Breath. Um, okay. The They end up calling it Devil's Breath because when they first um, synthesize it together, it's like just deteriorating people and killing people. Um, but he views it as a way to create a new cure for pretty much any disease. Okay. So, and did Norman manufacture Devil's yeah. Breath? Okay. So he's like on on the breakthrough of getting you know this magical cure, which I'm assuming is going to become what makes the Green Goblin. So is Norman is not the Goblin at all no. in this, and he's not going to be. So that's going to be the sequel, basically. Yes, yeah, so I'm pretty sure it's just going to be Harry because um, 
again, spoilers, at the very end of the credits, you see that Harry's actually in pretty much the tube that we see um, Norman in in the films. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. It's almost like a back-to-tank from Star Wars. Interesting. Interesting. It, it really sounds like they are really picking and choosing, yes. you know. What elements from whatever storylines. Story yeah. Yes. Wow. Okay, well, that's kind of cool, though. So mm. it kind of keeps you guessing, though, like if you know all the history and everything. Exactly. Like to see where they're going and how they're putting We it do get, like, an, oh, an interesting, like, different take on Miles getting um, his powers. Which is, yes, Miles is, I forgot Miles is actually part of this, which is insane. he's in the game, and he has, like, tiny little missions uh, where you're just sneaking around, and he's, like, he can hack into things. So Miles gets his powers in this. Yes, at the very end. So you never get to use his powers, but maybe in the second game, there might be two Spider-Men. going to be, like, a sidekick for Peter, or? Probably, at first. Okay, and then. I'm assuming since you were able to play as Mary Jane and Miles in this, maybe they'll develop that further in the next game and maybe you'll be able to play as both spider-man mm-hmm. so yeah even i'm it sure it's probably yeah <laughs> that's true um I, i'm sure they'll probably at least be an option down yes. the line you know some kind of special feature where you could be miles i would assume mm. you know even if, if not they, dlc or something yeah so um well that's that's cool that's crazy though they are all over the fucking place yes. uh, miles is in the game and dr octopus is not even dr octopus just yet so that's pretty crazy. And then who's part of the Sinister Six that he puts together? Um, it's Rhino, um, Scorpion, um, Electro, and then it's Mister Negative. Okay, all right. So it's a little different, mm. you know. So they don't use like Craven or anything like that. No. Okay. All right. Which is probably for the best. So. <laughs> um, it's a, no Electro, huh? Hmm? Did you say Electro? Yeah. Oh, okay. Electro. Okay, I didn't. I did no Vulture. Though. Oh, Vulture. Yes. Vulture. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> That would make six. Sorry. Yes, like there we two. go. Math. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So overall? Yes. Overall, very enjoyable. I would say... Out of five um, stars, Christian. Oh, out of five stars? Absolutely five stars. Five stars. Yes. Wow. It is just an extremely fun game to play. Whether you're playing the story missions or you're just running around doing whatever you want. Okay. They even have the dumb little finger guns from Spider-Man 3. Oh, Wow. Okay. Just when you're walking around, you hit square, you can just be like, bam, two people. <laughs> I mean, that it's just... <laughs> <laughs> we don't have, like, an emo dance at a... No. Okay, at a that, coffee shop no. or cafe. Okay, that's good. Mm. I hate that movie so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's Those on Netflix, bastards. and I keep thinking about rewatching it just oh, for fun. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I love, I love the gifts of it, but that's about it. I can't... Mm. I don't think I could handle sending through that movie again. Oh, what a nightmare. That might be one of my top worst movies I ever saw in the theater. Mm-hmm. And that's saying a lot. And I think that's mostly just because the hype going into the movie to be like let down that much. Yes. That's got to be a whole different episode. We'll have to do like <laughs> <laughs> biggest well, disappointments ever. Like actually going to the theater. Like biggest disappointments. Well, did that I mean, maybe next week after we talk Venom. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Oh, I hope that's not. <laughs> I hope that's not inspired by anything. I hope not. <laughs> All right. Um, speaking of Spider-Man sequels, we had some leaks for Homecoming. Or, sorry, for Far, Far From Home. Is it Far, Far, or is it just Far From Home? Far From Home, sorry. Far From Home. Far, Far From Home. Um, yes, we got our first look at Mysterio. 
uh, Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio, mm-hmm. which was rumored but never officially announced. So I was really surprised to actually see him <laughs> in like full like Mysterio. And this is a total leak. This is not something I feel like they put out there. Mm. Um, just like how awful the you know the quality of the photo is and everything like that. But from what we can see, the suit looks pretty fucking badass. They went really like mm. comic book accurate with the suit. We just didn't see the dome. Correct? There was no fishbowl, but they could always CGI that, or that might just be something. That's, well, you gotta have you know, Jake Gyllenhaal's face at least for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So um, if yeah. anything, it's probably been just smashed open. I'm sure. I'm sure. But yeah, I I, I mean, the suit looks legit. It mm. looks legit. So I was pretty impressed with that. We also got Spider Man, like some actual like footage of Spider-Man in what seems to be like the stealth suit, which is curious. I mean, mm. it makes sense for this Spider-Man and like everything that his suit can do. Um, that makes sense for him that. to just have more suits if Tony's still Yeah, around. or it's like I could even see it being like a mode or something like that yes. for his suits where it can go into like a stealth And mode. you know, this 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 is like pre-CGI as well. So that could be like crazy oh, yes. looking, you know? who knows what's actually, exactly. you know, behind <laughs> that. So, you're right cuz they could just you know, embed whatever on that. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty cool. It was nice to see, um, that comes out this summer, which is crazy mm. to think. So that doesn't feel too far away. Well, next summer. I mean, we still have all of winter to get through. Yeah. Yeah. It's still not that far away. True. So like, I mean, does the, does it I'm come guessing out we'll May, probably right? get, I'm, I'd hope no, that. it comes, does it come out? Oh no. It comes out after Avengers 4. Yeah. So it'll come out in July, I think. I believe okay. that's the rumored date for it, was July. Which that's fine with me. So I mean, I'm sure we could just Google it right now and get the actual official <laughs> date. I'm sure that's been announced. Um, all, I, all I don't, I just don't want what happened last month, where I had, last uh, May, where I had fucking five blockbuster movies to go see in May. You know, with... Um, yeah, it was definitely top-heavy. The summer was definitely <laughs> top-heavy. And then I felt like we were, like, middle July, and it was just dead at the theater. There's mm. nothing coming out. So, yeah, I hope I hope that's not the issue either. I don't think it's going to be, at least. It seems... I know Captain Marvel comes out in March, mm. so which seems like they're pushing, like, summer, you know, earlier and earlier now. <laughs> and then uh, Avengers, Well, nothing really I comes believe, out during that span. I think Avengers is late... April, I think they're you know because they actually released early uh, this past year mm-hmm. with uh, Infinity War, so I think it's going to be the same date where it's going to be like late April. Um, so and then I think you get Spider Man right after that, like a month or two after that. So um, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, spoilers. He's still alive, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe this takes place. You know, continuity-wise, maybe it takes place before Infinity mm. War. I mean, that would make sense also, but I don't know. I know uh, Nick Fury's supposed to be a big part of this film also, so that's kind of What if, what if it's not Tom Holland in the suit? What if it's just uh, Miles? Tom oh, Holland's be, dead and they've just moved on? That'd be pretty badass, though, right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think they would. It would explain the black base. <laughs> I guess. Um, but I, I, I'm pretty sure there's already like folks oh, of him on set too. Yeah. So um, but that would be pretty fucked up. Flashbacks. Yeah, flashbacks. It'd <laughs> be really bold on Marvel's part. No, we're sticking to this. He's the only one who stays dead. <laughs> Peter Parker. 
Uh, Let them live. Speaking of which, my God, we got a lot of Spider-Man fucking news, I know. right? We <laughs> had the newest, I think the second official yes. trailer for uh, Spider-Verse. So is that what they're going with? It's just Spider-Verse, correct? Yeah, Into the Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, you saw it. What did you think, Christian? Um, I enjoyed it. I'm worried about them exploring this much all together at once, especially as like, I don't know how a someone who doesn't really know much about Spider-Man going into this film would feel about there being about 20 Spider-Men in this film. And I thought this would be more of a focus on Miles rather than... Oh, we have this Spider-Man, this Spider-Man, this Spider-Man, pig Spider-Man, and it's just like, okay, I don't know. Peter Porker? Yes. I, <laughs> it's, I enjoy that they're doing this, but at the same time, I would rather this be a more focused storyline on Miles. Those are all my concerns, and that's actually how I felt after watching this trailer, because mm-hmm. I didn't realize how far into the Spider-Verse we were going, especially after the first teaser that we got and everything was very focused on Miles, um, and I really enjoyed like all the animation and everything, and, but it seemed like it was going to be a Miles-centric story. I mean, you had him talking mm-hmm. to Peter, you know, like in one shot, but that's all it was. And it was like him standing over a grave at one point. So I felt like they were going with more of the classic Miles Morales, like um, ultimate storyline where, you know, Peter Parker did exist. Um, He died in battle as Spider-Man and Miles is kind of like picking up the mantle. So I thought we were going to get that kind of origin story for Miles. This seems way different it seems yeah. like we're picking up with what happened in the 616 when they had the spider-verse the actual spider-verse like event um and you got these like huge crossover between all these different spider-men and everything like that you know fighting off a foe um but yeah it, it, this isn't the way that i would have chosen mm-hmm. for you know the world to really be introduced to miles morales i would have much rather had that original classic like ultimate you know universe origin story for miles get to know him and then maybe do this storyline in the sequel or something like that because we even got like spider gwen in this Mm -hmm. um you know she got a lot of trailer time so i'm sure she's going to be like a you know part of you know big part of the actual film um and they showed us a bunch of like they literally showed us peter porker um yeah so i was a little turned off by this trailer I, i can't lie so i mean i'll still see it yes don't get me wrong. <laughs> they still have my money, but I'm not as excited as I was before. So, um, yeah, but yeah, the animation still looks good to me. You you were saying, right, didn't you say you saw one of the trailers in the theater and you were a little... I take it, it back. It felt like on that size of a screen, I don't know what it was, it felt a lot more choppy when I was watching it. I agree. This trailer felt a little choppy to me. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, why does it feel almost like almost like claymation to me? Like it felt like the way they were moving and stuff felt a little off to me. And I didn't know if it was just like a style choice or something. But so, are you just you're talking about like their movement and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, everything like, felt like a lot choppier. Like um, like if they were missing a frame in between yes, each one. It's... It didn't feel like fluid, mm-hmm. which was weird. So, and it was only a couple scenes in the trailer that felt like that to me, but I did notice that. I wonder why that is. I don't know. When the first one came out, it felt like very fluid, very like everything just felt right. Even though it was that kind of like almost borderline claymation style, 
mm-hmm. it was still very smooth. And I don't, I mean, maybe maybe this isn't fully rendered or done just yet. Maybe we'll get to the smoother. Do you think it could be a style choice, though? I could totally see it being a style choice, and it's just how they think it should look. And That's weird. Okay. And I disagree, but... Yeah. Because no. <laughs> <laughs> it did caught me off guard. I was like, mm. okay, wait a second, that was weird. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it just... I don't know. I just really wish they were telling that classic Miles Morales story. And maybe yeah. they are going to, but it feels like if they do, it's going to be a small part of the film, you know, and not... It feels like this, the whole Spider-Verse angle is going to be the majority of film yes i feel like um they'll focus on miles the majority throughout the film and they'll even maybe just do like an origin the first third and then the rest is dealing with whatever the main issue is yeah um yeah because i'm wondering if miles yeah maybe miles does like have a peter parker in his universe who has passed away and he has gained his power kind of similar to the mm-hmm. ultimate you know universe miles but then he somehow meets up with this older version of, you know, Peter Parker. And that's... Where well, the older version is clearly from another universe. Yeah. Uh, is he? You feel yes. like that? Oh, no. He says, I am from this universe. You are from this universe. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't even catch that. Okay. Um, yeah. He was that this... in the last trailer, too? Or was no, that just in this just trailer? trailer? Okay. So, I don't feel as bad. Because yes. <laughs> I remember questioning that last mm. trailer. It was like speculation, I guess, back then, if, if he was going to be the right one or not. Yeah. I liked what they showed of his past. Like, it could be either comic book Spider-Man or film Spider-Man. Or and there's been a lot of, maybe. Yeah. And there's been a lot of speculation on, like, is this Tobey Maguire's character or not? Oh, God, I hope not. I, I don't either, but... Maybe before Spider-Man 3. I feel like that <laughs> opens the door, especially if they're going to have so many Spider-Man. Because you know there's going to be more than what they showed. Probably by the end. I feel like they're just going to explode. Oh, oh yeah. If you if you read the Spider Verse, there's tons of Spider Man mm-hmm. in that. We get like the um, Japanese Spider Man in that. You know the one that actually goes full uh, mega style and everything. And then you get. I mean, there's so many different versions of Spider Man that you've never even fucking heard of. Are, that, so I feel like by the that. final act, we'll probably get tons of fun cameos you, and such. But you get '60s cartoon. You know that Spider Man, mm-hmm. Spider Man, that Spider Man is in it. <laughs> so like literally, there was literally no Spider Man like left off the table during that event. So I'm sure they're gonna go the same route. I mean, I'm sure it'll just be little Easter eggs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it feels like they're going full Spider Man here. So um, yeah, I I don't know. I'm I'm gonna see the movie, yeah. so <laughs> that's all I can say at this point. <laughs> so, uh, so non-related Spider-Man news. Yeah, speaking of movies that you might not be able to get to see <laughs> for a while, we actually had a trailer reaction to Dark Phoenix last week, yes. and stayed what, up for it. Yes, <laughs> yes, in the middle of the episode, uh, soon after announced by uh, Fox that they are pushing it back. So they're pushing it back to June. It was originally going to, well, originally it was going to be released next month. It was going to be a November release. Then they pushed it back to February. Now they're pushing it back to June. So it feels like a, okay, we seem to get some positive reaction to it. I haven't really been paying attention to people been like excited for it. I know we weren't thrilled. The main reaction is similar to ours about it being a ripoff of three. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. That, that's what I'm seeing with most um, other podcasts and most other uh, reviewers are kind of like, we're kind of worried if this will be exactly like three. Okay. Were people disappointed that there wasn't the whole cosmic angel like angle going no. on? 
I haven't heard anything. So that about was just that. me being a grumpy comic book fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, I'm okay with that. But like I, I was saying, it felt very much like Last Stand to me. I was like, we just saw this movie, you know. There is still movie. kind of a war against that kind of dark tone in comic book films right now, like that, like super dark. And they're complaining a lot about her being too emo. Is <laughs> why? What Where's I got that? It's kind of the consensus I got out of all of it. Okay. Like, oh, she's gone dark and everything, and now the team has to like try to save her. And that's stuff. the storyline. I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, that's kind of this point. Yeah, <laughs> that's the whole storyline. So shut up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shut your fucking faces. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's I just don't want to see the last stand again. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen that storyline, and I mean, a lot of that didn't work. So I'm not sure why they would choose those elements to re-explore, especially since we just did that five six years ago yeah so maybe it was 10 years ago i'm not sure at this point but yeah no um it feels like a cash grab though that they would push it back to the summer because obviously if you're trying to release in the summer you're thinking that it's going to actually make money you know they're not burying it so you know it's a comic book movie you know fans are going to come out to see it either way i don't not necessarily though i mean it it has enough bad press around it just because of everything that's going not i wouldn't say bad press but just one age of apocalypse didn't do that great Mm. you know um critically and in the box office two everyone knows what's going on with marvel studios and fox Mm. right now so i'm not i'm not sure it's gonna have that huge buzz around it because i mean one of one of the things that i said right away is like do we really care about this movie or is everyone just kind of like waiting for Kevin Fockey to pick up the torch and run with it? Everyone's waiting for Kevin Fockey. Yeah, so I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like this is more of like, well, we're going to milk this, you know, cash cow for as much as we can. Because they, they're even releasing Deadpool in the theater this uh, winter, um, PG-13. So they're doing Deadpool 2, like a PG-13 version of it. Just to get more asses and seats, more ticket sales and everything. I was like, why would you even think of doing that movie PG-13? What does that movie look like PG-13? Does that even make sense? Do they just cut out the whole... All the jokes like it's just silent? (laughs) It's a silent film. Because how would you even... Unless they went through beforehand and like shot scenes with a separate dialogue you know you they, and they used to do this in the 80s they used to do tv cuts of dialogue mm-hmm. um you know when you get like a dvd like special edition or something like that um you know a classic like 80s film you'll get like a tv cut sometimes like if it's a really good edition um and they'll have all the classic like tv and some of them are like live in infinity like um die hard has a really like classic like tv <sighs> what line. is it i forgot uh Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. <laughs> so, so there's a lot of lines like that, um, you know, in 80s TV cuts. So maybe it's a situation like that where they kind of shot, you know, separate lines. I guess knowing they also this have to happen. gray out all the blood. Well, I mean... There's an excessive amount of blood. Yeah, they'll have to tone it back. I don't know if they have to gray out, you know, or just cut a few seconds off. Because you can go pretty bloody in PG-13. Nowadays, at least. He gets held, like, ripped in half. You're not going to be able to do that. Yeah, you're not going to be able to do that. That's what I'm trying... I'm like... I'm thinking about the opening sequence where he's, like, ripping through everybody. Yeah. 
It's going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll just go like animated or something. Who knows? That'd be funny. Who, who knows what they're doing? But it's it's a, it feels like a cash. What if it's him doing the toy thing? Like the entire movie? But it's just like any time it's too violent. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> I might actually pay to see that. <laughs> I don't know. I just yeah. sold this movie to you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Fox. Uh. So, uh, what else do we have news-wise? Oh, we got a bunch of Conjuring news. Conjuring-verse yes. news. James Wan is not going to direct Conjuring 3. We just found this Disappointing. Out. Very disappointing. Because I kind of like that he was doing like the main movies mm. and all the spin-offs were getting you know separate you know directors with different visions. I kind of dug that idea. Um, I don't know if I trust anyone else with the Conjuring series right now. I mean, I know he he eventually stopped directing Saw, I think almost after the the first or second one, right? Mm -hmm. And he was just kind of a producer and a writer um, to the point where all of a sudden, I think think after like the third, fourth one, he was just a producer. So I don't know if it's the same idea here. I know he's got Aquaman, you know, coming out and he's probably got a bunch, if that does well... He is going to be the golden boy. If he can somehow single-handedly like save the DCEU, he will definitely be on everyone's like you know high demand list. So um, I don't know. I'm disappointed. He's going to stay on as like an executive producer and kind of like godfather the project. It seems like. Um, but yeah, and then we we also found out that Annabelle three is going to actually uh, focus on the Warrens, which I thought was an interesting choice. So they're going to kind of go back to the Warrens and it's going to be Annabelle, like the dial, the demon, um, haunting their daughter. So it's going to kind of take place in between, it sounds like, the first Conjuring and the second Conjuring. So I thought yeah. that was interesting, it, an interesting choice. So it's going to feel almost like a third Conjuring film. Yes, that's itself. why I was like, that feels like it should be a Conjuring yeah. number or a prequel or something. Yeah, right. But, um, you know... It's just I worry. I don't want it to end up like those last few Insidious films were ridiculous, and he was still on as a producer. Yeah, I and don't know then, how much it was. Mostly his like running buddy, um, what's his name, Weigel, um, doing a lot of the writing and a lot of the. It, it, he actually, I think, Weigel actually took over the writing chores for Saw, mm-hmm. um, at one point. So um, I hope I'm saying his name right, but it. Anyway, some Australian guy. <laughs> he, uh, I don't trust him as much as I trust, you know, Juan, obviously. Um, you know, it feels like they maybe work better as a team, as a duo, than, um, you know, while separate. So um, I just haven't seen enough, especially after those Insidious movies mm-hmm. and the sequels, because they definitely went downhill fast for me. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I was, I, I love the second Annabelle. So, you know, I was excited to hear that there was going to be a third one. I thought it was an interesting choice to bring the Warrens back in. Um, but I thought it was cool too. You know, I mean, those are great actors, you know, to have part of the film and it's kind of cool to bring it full circle Mm. also. So, but I'm definitely, definitely down about, you know, Conjuring 3 not being directed by Juan right now. And hopefully, they didn't mention whether or not he's going to be, you know, writing the script or, you know, whatnot. So, hopefully he has a hand in at least the script. So. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Well, speaking of horror, we have Horror Month. 
That's right. Like I was saying at the top, it's the best time of the year. Yes. Uh, we've been counting down our favorite horror movies for Halloween. That's and right. this week is my pick. That's right. Last week was Trick or Treat. Yes. That Definitely was... go back, check out that episode. Absolutely. Uh, Christian, what's your pick? Well, when I think Halloween, and I think, you know, classic horror films, I have to think of the most well-known haunted house in all of history. And that's going to be Amityville. Right on. Um, Amityville, 1979. Just, just Not the remake. Not the remake. Not 2005. <laughs> Not that I didn't enjoy the remake. I actually didn't have a problem with the remake, hmm. too. A lot of people did have a problem with the remake, <laughs> but I actually like the remake, So, but that that's just me. But anyway, not problem. we're not talking that movie. Let's let's move on Yes, uh, before sh- we lose listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, for those who have who have no idea what the movie is, uh, which, which is ridiculous. Insanity. Um, it's a chiller about a family who are terrorized by supernatural forces when they move into a new house in New York State which was the scene of a recent mass killing and the home of a 18th century Satanist. When swarms of flies appear from nowhere that um, and the pipes and walls begin to ooze slime and blood, they call on the local priest to exorcise the evil spirits. I feel like that's a okay blurb for it. Yeah, it's close. It, it starts off that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, why do I love... Amityville. I don't know. It's it's the sense of I love the the transformation for the family and how they're dealing with the fact that they're in this house that's kind of changing them throughout the film. I I really love that intensity that it gets to. I love the dad's performance. I believe it's James Brolin. That is uh, Thanos' dad. Yes. <laughs> I was like, Brolin sounds familiar. Okay. So or Cable's dad. Cable's dad. Depending on how you want to look at it. <laughs> Um, I love James Brolin's performance throughout this. I love the wood chopping scenes mm-hmm. and uh, his obsession with the fireplace at all times. And he's like getting sick or his descent into madness yes. is fantastic. Um, you know, growing up, uh, you know, hearing about the Amityville story and hearing like all the different mythos for it, it just brought this film together a lot. Like well, this is, and it's technically based on a true story. Yes. So whether or not you believe what happened, yes, yes, the uh, the Lutz family, yes. So um, that man is still making up different stories, apparently. Yes, yes. There's a <laughs> lot of controversy surrounding the Lutzes and the Warrens, mm-hmm. who is the centerpiece of the Conjuring verse. So. Exactly. Um, Do we care though? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, still damn good movies. Yes. Um. There's some questionable sequels, but the original, I feel like... Well, uh, I'm talking about the Conjury movies. Oh, okay. And Amityville. Yes, there are some very <laughs> questionable... I think at one point with the Amityville series, we went to, like, Amityville Dollhouse, and there was, like, mm. an Amityville Mirror, so we went far off the tracks at one point. That's Hollywood for you. Yes, you know? yes, yes. Um, um, go ahead, my friend. I feel like this movie gets a bad rep a lot, especially nowadays. Um okay. There are people that just look at the effects back then and now, and they keep trying to compare them. That's ridiculous. I know. It's, it's the 70s. It, yeah. it doesn't... Of course, the ooze coming out of the walls isn't going to look the way it would today. Mm-hmm. I, and that makes me want to see this film continue to be made. I actually am very interested in The Conjuring taking this film completely in, especially since it deals with Ed and Lorraine. 
So you would like to see maybe even Conjuring 3 be, like, focused on... Yes, especially if we have, like, now that you mentioned um, Annabelle being this kind of pre... Annabelle 3 being this kind of prequel in-between film, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking Amityville could easily do the exact same thing. I just really would like to see this story, you know, be done again. Mm -hmm. As for a modern audience, I I like to... This film was such a classic film. And I, I think it would be very cool to see what those kinds of effects would look like now. With the, you know, the oozing, you had the um, ant scene, you have maybe a little bit better sound mixing for the get out. <laughs> I, I know it's classic. it's classic, but I, I just say, <laughs> get out! Would you, because I mean, really a lot of the scares in this movie, it's mm-hmm. all about, you know, the tension that's building within, you know, the family dynamic and everything. And it's more about like with what you don't see than with what you see. Mm -hmm. Can you, do you feel like a modern, you know, audience would be able to handle something like that? Um, because I feel like one of the reasons a lot of fans dislike the remake is because, you know, it's too much of a modern day. Um, you know, my, Fear is almost the opposite with, like, you know, an audience where it'd be, like, too much of a classic, you know, horror movie. You know, just, like, just the way that style is. I love that, like, slow burn (laughs) style, so I'm all about it. Um, I just don't know if a modern audience could handle it. Well, I feel like, especially, it could fit in a style like The Conjuring 1 was made, Mm -hmm. where there's enough suspension to scare limit i would say okay um it was a good balance i agree with yes. that it was a good balance like that's 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 what drew me into that film in the first place was this feels like it has it can handle the kind of suspension that we have had in previous horror films that are classics nowadays and a, a lot of this movie really rests on the performances of mm-hmm. james borland and margaret kidder and everything it's the only other movie i really know her from other than superman Really? Yes. <laughs> she was in Black Christmas also. So I don't think I've seen it. Oh, Christian, we're we're gonna we're gonna do a view at a Black Christmas <laughs> for the uh, podcast. All right. One of my favorite uh, horror movies. So um, it, it's definitely a classic. So, uh, but yeah. Anyway, let's not go down Black <laughs> Christmas. Uh, but it, it really it's a really just two stellar performances that mm-hmm. I feel like carry the film. Where if you put a lesser actor in there it really could have tanked the film. Because even if you look at the shooting style of the film, it does feel very, like, movie of the week, you know, even for, you know, the 70s. Um, It's not necessarily, like, super stylized or anything like that. It's just kind of like a shot, you know, for shot, like, you know, color by numbers, you know, uh, production. Um, But I feel like the score and, like, the performances Mm -hmm. really what, like, carry that movie. Yeah, like, for me, it's still, it's all about the dead. Mm-hmm. And his transformation throughout it. Yeah, I would say his, you know, descent into, like, madness is almost better, and this is going to be controversial, than uh, Jack Nicholson's in The Shining. Because hmm. I feel like Jack Nicholson is already a little off-kilter when we're <laughs> introduced to him in The Shining. Oh, yeah, very much so. Um, I would agree So I feel like here we get to see this range. We watch this man, you know, be this, like, loving father figure... Um, and then kind of slowly, you know, do this downward spiral um, into, like, insanity. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I think it also 
works with like this subtle performance by you know margaret kidder where she's this you know woman who's like bringing this you know man into her family's life and you can tell that there's insecurities just in a lot of their like conversations everything uh, still about you know him you know becoming a father to these children and everything and it's almost like playing off of those insecurities and just like this huge metaphor for, you know, these mergings of families. And I wonder who thought of that. Cause that's so weird. It, like, cause when you think about the story and like the story that the Lutz family put out there, the last thing I'm thinking about is family drama with mm-hmm. a new dad showing up into their lives. Yes, you know? exactly. So I think that that was another cool little element to add in there mm-hmm. that I don't know if it borderlines like, too much drama at points, but at the same time, it's. I think it makes the, the movie, film, though. So. I think it makes the movie. Um, I I mean, I don't know how you do Jody the Pig <laughs> <laughs> nowadays. Um, I love Jody the Pig, and I love what they did with it. Uh, but I could definitely see why you know someone who's viewing the movie for the first time <laughs> would be kind of like, what the fuck was that? So, <laughs> it's a little out there. In the remake, they actually made it, like, one of the family's, like, like children, like, uh, a ghost, like, that's, you know, haunting the dog. I haven't seen the remake of a long time. Yes, so, so that's really? kind of who Jody. the... I don't okay. even know if they use the pig. I think they just say Jody, and she's, like, a ghost who's haunting the youngest daughter. So, um... Which is fine. I still, I still dug Jody the Pig. Mm. So, um, but yeah, I mean, there's so many different, just classic. When I saw this movie, I was, it was, you know, Halloween time. It was in like regular rotation, you know, on WGN, mm. you know, if you live in the Chicagoland area, um, they would do, this is before they had TV shows on that channel. So they would just do like horror movies all month long. And it was, like, one of those movies that would be playing every week, um, you know, and I caught it, like, in bits and pieces and was just mesmerized and terrorized by this movie. Um, so, to me, it's definitely a Halloween classic just for that reason. Um, but, yeah, so I, 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 all the elements work for me. So, I'm, like, right <laughs> in the bag with the movie. I still get chills mm. when, you know, you get the child, like, chorus playing, you know, singing along in the background to the score. Um, I think, like I said before, the score, I think, makes a lot of the scenes in the movie. Mm. Um, it's the first time I ever, you know, have heard, you know, what is now a very, like, template score for these movies. Like, I don't know if it's the first to have, like, the child chorus in it, but, you know, it's, it's definitely one of the earliest. I, I feel like this definitely is mainly a set, like, um, template for any type of family is getting... Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, possessed by like a demon or spirit type of film at this yes. point. Oh, yes. It's it's the American Haunted House mm-hmm. story. It's absolutely that cookie cutter story now that we've seen done a million times um, to nausea almost. Um, the, you know, after the first 10 years, this movie was released. Um, this was released, I think, almost a couple of years after The Exorcist. So, um, you know you do have that strong, you mm. know, uh, religious, you know, aspect to it. Um, it's not overdone, but it's definitely there. The priest um, annoys me a little bit. His performance <laughs> is a little over the top. He's definitely chewing scenery um, in this. Um, it's Rod uh, Sturger? Stager? I can't, I can't think of it. Father Delaney is mm. the, the character's name. Um, 
he's a bit much, but it's 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 cheesy goodness. Um, but yeah, no, it, it it does have that you know element. But uh, luckily, because of The Exorcist, you got cool movies like this. Exactly. Uh, movies that you wouldn't necessarily get, you know, it would have been, this movie would have been a lot more mm. controversial if The Exorcist, like, didn't exist at that time, so. And I've always, I've always loved this genre at this point where the preach, preacher, priest mm-hmm. comes to the family home and has to figure out the problem. Yeah, yeah, although he gets chased away pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By a swarm of flies. So, but those simple things, they're just, like, terrifying. I feel like he could have warned the family a little more. <laughs> yeah. Right, because he basically goes blind, right? Mm-hmm. And then he's just, like, sick and that's it. Like, he gets on the phone with them and, yeah, he doesn't right. really do that much. No. Yeah. So. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, he's definitely no, like, Father Damien at all. I would have left after the nun, though. Her aunt? Yes. Or their aunt, sorry. Yes. Her sister? So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that the film just ends right after the family leaves the mm. house, too. They're like, we're done. And then that's it. That's the film right there. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I've never read the book. I hear the book's great, too. Um, there's some elements that aren't explored in the film. So, I, I would almost like to read the book as, like, a companion piece. Um, you know, so, I, I don't know. I don't know. I have to, I have to pick it up. So, but it, it, it gets hurt by its sequels, I think. You know, so <laughs> understandably so. Uh-huh. They're still making them. There's still Amityville movies getting made. I believe there was one that was released just last year. So there's different like versions. Mm. I don't, and I think maybe that's why James Wan doesn't touch the Amityville story, just because I don't know if he has like the rights and like how it works. Because mm-hmm. it would feel like the perfect fit for the Warrens. Since it is one of their cases. Yeah. Um, it's how they got famous that they would explore that, but you know, it just kind of touched on in two, and that's it. You know, which I was kind of disappointed with, but you know, I'm wondering if that's why. Mm. I mean, that's a great scene, though. I still love that moment in the film. Yes, yes, it's a chilling scene mm. too. You know, kind of seeing her like living through, you know, the you know the, the initial murders that take place in the house, and that's probably to me with the first with the actual Amityville film that's probably the scariest part of the movie mm-hmm. is when you're kind of you know living that moment with the murders and everything um you know that's probably the most terrifying you know the movie really is just because it really fucking happened so um which is messed up david how much would i have to pay you to spend a week in that house i'd probably be okay with you'd that. be okay yeah i think so just because i know it's like a tourist trap now so they actually changed the address to the Ooh. house. Yes, it became such a problem with people like visiting and everything like that. They tried to change the address by like four numbers, like people aren't going to recognize. They changed <laughs> the windows of the house too because they're so iconic. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like those eye-looking like windows. Stuff. You know, so I, I, <laughs> I know. But if you're living there and you're dealing with people knocking on your door every five minutes, I'm sure it would get old. Mm. Um, but I agree, it is sacrilegious. <laughs> So, but yeah, um, and they actually like the the town that the house I didn't realize is in. people just live there now. It's still just oh like yeah, a oh it's a house. Them. Yeah, oh. I think I figured at this point it would just be turned into literally a tourist attraction. You would think you would think you would make it into. Uh, I visited the uh, Christmas Story house hmm. uh, two summers ago, and that's a huge tourist trap. It was the middle of July. And the line was around the block to go through the house. They rent that house out during December 
people can sleep over there like uh, Christmas Eve. So, I mean, they're making... That's got to cost. Oh, I can't even imagine. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I think it was like 25 bucks to do a tour or something mm. like that. But it's great. Anyway, I'm completely like, But I don't know why they want to do that with the Amityville house. Exactly. And it's a huge house. It mm-hmm. is a huge house. So, I mean, the Lutzes were, I mean, right when they uh, bought that house, I think back in the day, they said like they bought it for like $80,000, mm-hmm. which is insane, even for that time of that amount of property. <laughs> so, um, it, it is a beautiful house. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't, you know, that's right money. Money you leave it on the table. Yeah. So, but, you know, I guess if it's your home, it's your home. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> so, but apparently not haunted because they didn't move out, you know, after a couple months. So. so, or they just love the house that much. They're like, hey, whatever. <sighs> Ghosts. <No. laughs> Or demon portal to I hell can, in I the basement. Yes, yes. Demon <laughs> pigs. Uh, <laughs> Jody the fucking pig. <laughs> so yeah, uh, how about that scene? Did you did you enjoy the ending? Did you feel like it was a satisfying like conclusion? Um, first few times I watched it, I was fine with that. I think I got to a point where I was like, I want more to happen. Uh huh. And I was like, I, especially um, in, in the remake, does it get more violent? Does Oh, yes. Yes. If I'm not mistaken, I was, I think I wanted more of that mm-hmm. for a certain time. I was definitely in an angsty phase at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Christian, you're still in that angsty phase, buddy. <laughs> and I even feel like if I directed it today, there would probably be a lot more damage being done. But Yeah, they, they really drum up the whole, like, Native American, like, burial ground in the remake. It's mentioned yes. in the original. Mm-hmm. But there's the whole like Ketchum like character that's part of it and everything, and they're doing a lot of. Can like, you rewatch it? Native American. <laughs> Maybe I do think that it's this one of Ryan Reynolds like mm-hmm. better performances. Like I, I feel like if you're looking for an actual like actor's piece by Reynolds, that's the movie you'd watch because he does a really great job with that descent also. Because he is such a fun loving guy in the beginning of that movie, and to see him kind of you know you know, go insane, you know, in this, like, really kind of, like, slow burn type manner, mm. um, which they, they do do that in the remake, um, even though it's kind of like a scare every two minutes. Um, he does, a, he does a, a pretty damn good job, you know. He shows some range, you know, that you don't usually it's see. It's not just Van Wilder. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Which is pretty much what Deadpool is. Yes. In a superhero costume. So, um, but yeah, yeah. Um, so what would you, do we, do we rate these movies? Or are we just assuming they're five stars? <laughs> I think we should just uh, assume they're five stars. Yeah, I, I give it a 4.9. A 4.9. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Change Unbiased. it up here. <laughs> Go see this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Pick it up. Uh, I picked it up a million times at Blockbuster when it was Blockbuster. Oh, Absolutely. Still, so. Yeah, it was a classic. Mm. It, it was definitely on the uh, cycle of rentals for me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, I believe uh, Scream Factory right now has a really great edition if you are looking to buy it. Um, Scream Factory is the place to go for, you know, classic horror films. Um, and if you're looking for, like, films that are, like, done right, you know, with, like, high resolution mm. and, you know, have that are just like stocked with like special features and everything shit that you would never even think about like getting behind the scenes scream factory is the way do we, to go. do we have a promo code for scream <laughs> we don't <but> we should. <laughs> <laughs> i bought enough of their shit at this point so um but yeah yeah definitely check this movie out
Hey there, nerds. It's your old pal, Brewster Bonesaw. Well, you don't really know me, but I've been watching you through your window when you're alone at night. And I know you are desperately in need of a fun night out with some friends, so I'm here to help you out with that. Why don't you come hang out with me and my friends at the Lost Souls Haunted House Bus Tour? We'll be visiting all the top haunted houses in the Chicagoland area in our luxury buses provided by Reggie's Rock House. We got four nights of, of tours featuring three haunted houses each night. I'll be providing entertainment. We got a cash bar. We'll have raffles and prizes and music to your nerdy ears. Everybody gets a swag bag. We got instant in access at every haunt. That means we don't wait in lines. And for you Halloween and horror nerds, most of our tours end with lights on tours of the haunted houses. The only way you can get closer access to a haunted house would be to work there. And we can help you with that too. So book your tour with Lost Souls by visiting our website at lostsoulschicago.com. Enter promo code NERDSHOW for $10 off your tickets. Now accessing comics. So, this week, we had some good comics that came out. We're going to start off with Marvel, and what did Marvel have uh, this last week? Uh, the Punisher, number two. I totally forgot about number one. Yeah. <laughs> it was a damn good book. Mm. So I was really excited. This is a monthly release, right? Yes, yes. I was really excited to see this uh, up in the rotation. Mm. So, uh, yeah, uh, I picked up uh, number two, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Let's read the blurb, though. No War Machine armor? No problem. The Punisher is going after bigger game, and that means he's going to need bigger guns. I'm fine with no War Machine armor. Oh yeah, me too. I knew that was only going to last for a couple months. I'm pretty so. sure Nick Fury gave, like, gave him the idea to get the War Machine armor. Did he? I'm pretty sure at the beginning of that arc, he's like, hey, I know where there's some War Machine armor. Okay. And he's pretty much like baiting him to go get it. Really? And he's, he's like, well, oh, had. he, I remember, he wanted um, Punisher to get the War Machine armor for him. Oh, and the Punisher said, well, I'm just going to take this for myself. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, and I, I once again, I, I'm enjoying, you know, this current volume just because it seems to be picking up all the pieces left over from mm -hmm. uh, Secret Empire. So um, I, I really enjoy that aspect of the book. It makes sense for him character-wise. I mean, you have this loyal soldier um, to the point where he, like, refused to ever, like, strike Captain America, even though they would come to odds, of, you know, a bunch. Like, at least in the Civil War storyline, you know, you kind of see, like, you know, the soldier, Frank Castle, in that storyline. Um to be forced to kind of betray his country the way that he did in Secret Empire, it makes perfect sense mm -hmm. for him to just be on this like blood crazed war path um, that he is in this book, and that's pretty much what we're getting here. So um, I don't know, I don't know. So your your thoughts, my friend? Well, if anything, it reminds me a lot of what we got out of the Netflix series. It reminds me a lot of this guy who's been betrayed by his country, so he's on this path of kind of fighting back everything that he had to, all the misfortunes he had. Yeah, and I, I you know, Punisher always has a mission. That's who no. he is. But I like that this is, like, such a, like, you know, like, we know his mission statement for this book, and it's very much just take down Hydra at all yes. costs. 
So I like that, that we have a central villain and we know what he's going. He's not just going after the mob, you know, and they're terrified of him. Mm -hmm. You know, Zemo is terrified of him. We see Zemo, like, hire, you know, all these hitmen. He stops all operations for Hydra just to make sure this guy gets taken down They're all ordered to go underground, um, you know, because they know what the Punisher is capable Mm -hmm. of, which, you know, shows what a threat, you know, the Marvel Universe sees Frank as. So I I love that. I think it really, you know, it honors the character, um, you know, which some books previously have not been doing. I I think we were talking before about the Defenders run where they literally had like Luke Cage giving Frank a noogie, you know, and, you know, making him pass out. And that was it. You know, that was pretty much, you know, his appearance in that book. Um, Here we actually have the Defenders show up. And Frank, like, takes them on single-handedly. Yes. So I felt like it was, like, retribution for him. And I don't know if, you know, Rosenberg saw what happened, you know, in Bendis' <laughs> Defender's book. It was like, fuck it, that. It feel, like you said before we even went live, it, it feels like... He must have an exact answer to that. Yes, yes. <laughs> like screw like he's not going you. To get just captured like yeah, this. yeah. Because Frank is very Batman esque, mm-hmm. where he has a plan for everything. Even though Luke, you know, comes out of nowhere, he has game plan for Luke Cage. You know, he knows how he's going to take him on. He knows how he's going to take on an Iron Fist. You know, um, like, even I though he goes like toe to toe with him for a few minutes, you know, he knows that. It's not a good idea. Mm. You know, um, well, like, um, I was worried that it was going to be another Defenders moment where he gets captured really easy by them because he's just firing the guns at Luke Cage at first. And I was like, oh, is, is he just crazy and he's just going to get picked up and that's mm-hmm. it? But no, he had a plan. I was like, oh, okay, I'm really impressed by this. I'm glad that he's finding just, like, small, subtle ways to get out of it. It's not yeah. like... It's not Batman to the point where it's like, I have an exact plan that defeats everyone. Yes, he has yes, like he have a last minute <laughs> plan that he knows will get him out. Exactly. He, he He's thinking on the fly. Yes. You know, um, he, I think Iron Fist like kind of like, you're really coming at me with a knife mm. right now, <laughs> uh, which was a cool moment. But yeah, you know, we see that once again, he knows what he's doing. You know, he knows how to even tackle someone like, you know, the supreme fighter that Iron Fist is. Um, you know, and I love the moment with like him and Daredevil. Yes. On the train. The jokes on the train. Yeah, where Daredevil just kind of walks up to him like, okay, are we going to do this now? You know, you literally, you know, assassinated someone in the middle of a courtroom. Come on. <laughs> you know, you have a target. And then he he attempts to kill, well, he does. He kills two Hydra agents in the mm-hmm. middle of a subway, beheads one of them. I mean, this book does not pull punches no. at all. You know, I'm a, I was almost expecting to see, like, you know, the decapitated head in this book because they do show him, like, cut off the hand. Um, so, yes. I thought that was They show awesome. his decapitated body. They do. They do. Um, the artwork is phenomenal in this book. And I'm usually not into the, like, almost photorealistic style, mm-hmm. but this was very well done. And there's parts where, um, like... I feel like it has some grit to it, though. Yeah. So I think I think it, it's very stylized in that way. I feel like it really captures the I love how it handles Parker. focusing. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I had to go back. There's, like, pages three and five. I can actually remember the pages, which is wow. ridiculous. Um, you see Frank is walking up to them. Um, uh-huh. And on page three, he's actually, he's still in the background walking up, but I never noticed him the first time until I saw on page five when he's, like, getting closer. 
Oh, so he's a I didn't think that back. either. Wow, okay. <laughs> That's a cool scene, because then yes. you've got the one dumbass who's like, aren't you Frank Castle? Like, <laughs> that was pretty awesome. So, um, yeah, but Rosenberg, he's hitting a home run with this mm. series so far. So I've really enjoyed this. I love seeing Zemo like at his wit's end, you know, tackling a problem like the Punisher. Um, I, I don't know. I, I really... I've got high expectations for this book. I can't believe I forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely on my pull list, though. So, um, But yeah, let's move on to Extermination. That's the big X book. Uh, with Ahab hunting the time-traveling X-Men, it's all hands on deck as every X-Men team is called to arms and protect the remaining young mutants. But young Jean Grey and her bodyguards aren't going to lie still for Ahab to come to them. So I was totally misled by the cover of this book. I thought it was Hope on the cover. So I got all excited when I saw it. (laughs) And that's happened to me a couple times with the young Jean Grey. Like, I keep on thinking it's Hope Mm. and it's not. So I was all excited. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Hope is, like, teaming up with X-Force to go after, you know, Cable's killer you know, I was all geeked for it, and then, you know, <laughs> it's fucking young Jean Grey. Yes. You know, which I, if, if I would have remembered correctly, yes, they were put in charge of, you know, Jean, you know, at the end of last book, so duh. But, once again, my biggest problem with this series so far is where the fuck is hope? Um, you know, that being said, I love seeing, you know, the original X-Force together, um, you know, on this, you know, vengeance, you know, kick trying to find Cable's killer mm. um, and explaining, like, the whole dialogue between, like, Domino and, you know, Jean Grey where they're kind of talking about, like, okay, this is how it's going to go. You know, they the X-Force explains what they're going to do and why they Jean probably doesn't want to be part of it. And, but, mm. you know, to their surprise, Jean wants to be a part of it and she's pointing to the direction that, you know, Cable is in you know and i don't think at this point they realize it is a younger version of cable so i don't know if that's going to like cause any you know issues with them because you're basically going after yeah it's a little weird time travel <laughs> right um but yeah so and they explain how much cable means to you know all the members of the team and everything which was really cool as a 90s kid I enjoyed that continuity there. And, uh, and not to derail us too much. Okay. But I also did read Domino's Annual this, um, this okay. week. Did that touch on it? It actually touches on her relationship with Cable a little bit. Okay. And they even mention in this book about how they took baths together. And yes. And Domino, you actually see them taking the bath together. Yes. And funny. that's literally in the issues of the mm-hmm. original X-Force runs. Uh, if you are interested in anything Domino, read this book and you'll get exactly where she is, who she's trying to be, her past, her present, and her future. Oh, the annual? Yes. Okay. I, I think it was an absolutely phenomenal book, and uh, just to pick that up, if, you, if you're if you interested. in are you reviewing her... that? Just because we've got too many we issues to talk about. We have too many to issues talk to talk about. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I, I do want to pick that book up, so um, it, it's been pretty damn good. Um, it's been a fun book. This was a little, uh, the annual was a lot more deep than the last few, like, issues of the actual book have been. Okay. So I'll say that. Okay. All right. Well, maybe I'll pick it up from there, then. Mm. Um, But, yeah. So, anyway, I I know X-Force is going to be getting a book coming up soon. 
So this was a nice, like, appetizer for that book. Okay. So I'm looking forward to that, you know, especially with the original team. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I I enjoyed this book overall. This is action-packed. Like, this is all happening within, like, an hour. Like, the first, like, three <laughs> issues. So uh, I like that we have all the players, you know, on the board right now. We've figured out that, you know, it seems like Cable is racing against Ahab. Mm. Ahab doesn't even know Cable, the young Cable, is a player on the board until the end of this issue. Um, And it seems like he's trying to send the original X-Men back before Ahab gets his hands on them. So um, I thought it it was interesting to see how Ahab is creating these hounds. Um, you know, with those two young mutants. Yes, the mutants that they save at the very beginning. Yes, yes. Um, it was a nice, you know, it was a well-laid trap, if you will. He knew how to kind of prey on the X-Men and, you know, what they would, you know, fall for. So, young mutants, obviously. So they took them in and really, you know, set them up. These mutants are able to, like, basically put, like, implant, like, suggestions in their brains and make them, like you know, basically speed up the hound process, which usually would take Mm -hmm. years and years of, like, torture. Um, They're able to basically do that within, like, minutes. So, um, you know, at first I'm like, well, why can't they just make everyone into a hound? You know, but apparently maybe it's just a couple here and there. You know, we make excuses for that. I I think so. I mean, it it makes sense to have limitations Mm -hmm. to the power. So, because they have Nightcrawler turn, you know, um, to try to take out Cyclops, um, you know, with Uh, the X Men Red Team. They had Logan and. You have Logan and and, uh, Shatterstar turn on the uh, plane, on the, um, yeah, on the plane with the X Force. So, um, pretty cool. Pretty cool. I'm enjoying it so far. I'm not sure where they're going, you know, overall. Um, I I'm pretty clueless right now. I, yeah, I feel like I haven't it's... really explained Ahab's goals with wanting just one of them dead, and it seems like he's just trying to take out the original five. Maybe because he knows, you know, I mean Ahab just wants to kill mutants, hmm. but it feels like he knows that you know their whole you know history will unravel without hmm. you know the original five. So that. That's kind of what I got from it, but I mean, it's not very clear. You're right. Um, Cable's goals, I think the young Cable's goals make sense. Yes. Um, and I think the reason why he took out the older Cable is because he feels like he's lost focus of the mission. And the fact that he's protecting them in this timeline means that, you know, he's been compromised, you know, as this, you know, soldier of the future and what his original goal was. So, because he knows what it means to the time stream, if any of these, you know, original five get taken out, like, why would you keep them part of, you know, you know, this future time stream? They need to go back. So, I, I get that. That makes sense. If that is where they're going with it. And that's kind of what it seems like. Because he's even, he's got Mimic, and he's, like, taking the wings off of him to implant into Angel, is what it seems like. So he's really trying to set them back, like, unscathed. So I'm pretty cool, though, so far. And it's got me excited for, you know, everything that's, you know, coming up with the Xbox in November. So you're going to have a disassembled um, event happening. So you're getting, like, event after events Mm. with the Xbox. So Marvel's definitely back in the X business right now. (laughs) So uh, what do we got next? Uh, More X-Men. X-Men Red. 
All right. So, completely on the other side of the spectrum, <laughs> we have X-Men Red. Um, and this is by Tom Taylor. I really enjoyed the first, like, three to four issues of this book. This is issue number eight. Yes. So it's been kind of like middling, if you will, you know, the last couple issues for me. Um, I know you were even talking about, like, dropping the book at one point. Um, this has kind of got me on the same page with you, at least. <laughs> um, let me read the blur. In the wake of an unprecedented assault on Atlantis, the X-Men must react and recover while at the mercy of a world that grows more hostile to mutants every day and a foe who's determined to keep it that way. So in this book, we have, you know, Cassandra knows she's got her master plan. Uh, she's going to send out all the nanites across the world uh, to pretty much infect everyone. Now that um, kind of people's opinions are starting to turn after the last issue, which we had, uh, I believe Jean Grey uh, had sent out literally the tape of audio with <laughs> I'm glad because we were kind of talking about how yes. like weak the evidence is and in the first like couple pages they did like say well come on what kind yeah, of they evidence had the, is this they had the most incredible like un sorry uncredible uh, person going against it of course the one person that would be the skeptic mm-hmm. and I did love that moment where the other news reporter was like well you've always been kind of a skeptic asshole. yeah yeah <laughs> ignorant much. bastard or exactly. something yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I thought that was a cool moment, too. But at least people are questioning yes. it. Sounds it's not like. 100%. And yes. I completely agree. I'm like, an audio clip means jack shit. Especially nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Um, but anyway, I think I was telling you, I feel like this is like the Star Trek of, you know, mm-hmm. X-Books. Um, you know, no offense to any Star Trek fans, but like this is old school Star Trek, if you will, where it's a lot of people standing around and, you know, talking you know, philosophy and talking about the mission on the bridge and not a whole lot of action. This is a J.J. Abrams Star mm. Trek, if you will. But um, it, it literally the, the biggest action scene in this, like, comic is the X-Men, like, all, like, in a circle holding hands together, you know, uh, joining forces to like psychically link together we didn't even get like an astral plane like battle between cassandra nova and jean gray which i thought that's where it was heading, yes right there. yes and we know it is a gimmick that they use you know all <laughs> the time with these like telepaths oh. so i didn't quite understand why we didn't go that route um it seems more all about like the team unity mm. and you know them willing to sacrifice i think the most we got action wise was storm yes. discovering her location you know and her attacking cassandra while she's in the midst of this like psychic battle yes um, they're having a psychic battle because um trinary and gene are using gabby's brain to and cerebro and cerebro to pretty much destroy all the nanites all at once and they at first they think there's like hundreds of them but there's really yes, like millions, millions of them yeah. so and then the worst part of the book is <laughs> uh what's her name <sighs> trinary trinary um, um trinary takes all the she's apparently been absorbing all the hateful messages <laughs> um trolling um bad comments online and been <sighs> saving them up for like a psychic blast pretty much at some point apparently like she's been filtering this from the world for years which like, she's, since she's ever like manifested her powers 
So she's been trying to protect the world, which she's doing a horrible yeah. job of. Because <laughs> it's obviously all over the place. But she's been absorbing this, and she's somehow realized she can download all this negativity into this uh, nanite senators and destroy them with yeah. this, overload them with it. It's the most, like, on-the-nose metaphor that you could possibly come up with this book. And I've enjoyed, like, you know, this mm-hmm. underlying, like, political, like, I don't know, almost commentary that's been going on in this book. Um, but this was just too on the nose. You know, and I, once again, I go back to Star Trek. Whenever they go that route, you know, they get too on the nose. And this very much felt mm. that way, where they're just kind of, like, hammering home, you know, their message a little too much. It's like, okay, you know, I like the message. I like the concept. I hate the execution. Like, I don't need her, like, filtering the internet like this, you know, like, for years. Like, I'm really supposed to believe that. And like, especially I feel like when, that would kill her. Yes, and especially knowing that it's still horrible out there. So she must be horrible at her job, mm. you know. I mean, because mutants are obviously still hated and, you know, hunted and... The internet's still a horrible place. So, my God, you know, how much has she been filtering? Um, yeah. So, it, this book did nothing for no. me. It did nothing, obviously, for me. And then we have this big moment. I'm kind of thinking that, you know, this arc is over with, with Cassandra Nova and everything like that. Storm comes and she basically causes like a typhoon or something like that and yeah, takes out the base. She creates like a tidal wave. Yes. Um, and you think that, wow, did she just kill Forge too? Because Forge is there. He's been like, you know, brainwashed into helping her. Um, but then you have them unscathed in the rubble, like, you know, talking about like their revenge basically. And it's it seems like it's going to happen like next issue. I mean, she's a powerful, she's an incredibly powerful psychic. Maybe she yeah, stopped the rubble. I guess. I don't know. At least give me a panel then. Yeah. Show me something to make sense of that. Um, and I just don't know if I need this arc to continue at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I find if this is going to be, you know, that book for the X-Men, I guess. Like, I had, I guess I had higher hopes for it. But I need to see Punch's Throne, you know, once in a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I like the message overall. Um, I think it kind of went off track this issue, but you got to balance it with some action here and there. I mean, you've got you know team members like Storm and Nightcrawler and Gambit, and I feel like they're being misused. And X twenty three, yes, X twenty three and Honey Badger mm-hmm. for that matter. You know, and we literally have you know Honey Badger and X twenty three saving the day by just being like a conduit, you know, for yeah. Cerebro. So, I don't know. It just, it just did nothing for me. And I love Cassandra Nova as a villain, but this also made her feel very one-dimensional. You know, so... Well, I feel like this has been her weakest book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, this like, everything's here. felt, like, super conniving and well thought out and, like, dark for her. This she just felt, felt like, like cartoon villain. Yes, cackling super villain here. Like, she felt very cookie-cutter. I agree. I agree 100%. So... Yeah, so I'll, I'll like I love these characters, so I'll probably keep on reading mm-hmm. and hope for the best. But well, I mean, at the end we had her uh, taking bringing um, Jean's daughter, correct? Out Rachel, yes, yeah, Rachel. She, she's and I forgot about that that she actually like kind of went in and 
Poor Rachel, my God, she's just everyone's <laughs> puppet because she's getting it over yes. on uh, extermination right now too. So, and I feel like this book definitely takes place before extermination. Yes. So, um, but yeah, yeah. So she has basically sent Rachel after Gene. So you should get a pretty good showdown there. Mm. You know, hopefully, hopefully it's not just them sitting in two chairs staring at each other for you know multiple panels. But at this point, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on to DC alright uh, Heroes in Crisis number one uh, Tom King's new book that's right yes um, there's a new kind of crisis threatening the heroes of the DC universe ripped from real world headlines by CIA operatives turned comics writer Tom King how does a superhero handle PTSD I had no idea what to expect from this book. I have mm. not. I've like basically stayed away from the solicitations. Um, I've just been missing them all. It's not on purpose or anything like that. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by this book. You know, I enjoyed like the angle that they were taking with this story. Seems like a more grounded story. Yes. At least with issue number one, I have no idea where <laughs> they're going. Um, it feels like it's going to be a good like mystery. So I don't know if you want to kind of explain uh, well, or summarize what exactly happens here. It seems that we start off with, um, so we're getting interviews throughout the book, and it's different characters. Um, and therapy. Yeah, and therapy. Mm-hmm. Which it is almost, a cool concept from the get-go. Yeah, it almost feels like an introduction to their therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, we had heroes like um, Arsenal and Booster Gold, you know, explaining, you know, they're here, they're here to get help. Um, yeah, Harley so Quinn's actually one of them. Harley too. Quinn is there too, um, and at the same time, we're also seeing Harley Quinn and Booster Gold having this fight. Yes, in present time, it seems yes. like. Um, it, how did you feel about that? Like, because it, it starts off with like Booster Gold in a diner and everything. You know, the the waitress is like happy to have a superhero there, and then all of a sudden, like Harley's at the door, and she's like, "Is that a superhero?" And he's like, "Nope." <laughs> <laughs> Um, did you fall for, like, the misdirection that happens here? Um, I mean, I was... And spoilers, obviously, if you haven't read the book. <laughs> I was interested to see where this was going. I had no idea, like... Because it definitely leads you to believe that mm-hmm. Booster Gold is, you know, the hero, and Harley might be the one who actually... Yes, kills everyone. Yes, yes. I know. Basically, as this is going on, and this is like told, you know, in like non-linear order whatsoever. um, You have these interviews going on. You have the diner scene happening, and this battle ensue between like Harley Quinn and Booster Gold. Um, It it's also flashing to the Trinity, you know, the Holy Trinity, if you will, and I know it's blasphemy, of the Justice League, you know, arriving on scene of this, like, you know, I forget what they call the actual uh, center. The Haven or something? Is it the Sanctuary. Sanctuary, there we go. The Sanctuary, and they're finding all these corpses of, you know, all the, you know, basically the patients that are there. Mm. Um, And, like, Wally West is one of them. Uh, Arsenal is one of them. Um, I believe, who else do we see? Blue Jay, I believe, is one of them. So they, you're finding all these bodies, and it's mm. pretty fucked up. Um, you know, and you can tell that, you know, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman are definitely completely, like, thrown, you know, by this, and really affected, you know, rightfully so. Um, 
And you have this, like, battle where, like, Harley Quinn is just going after Booster Gold, stabbing him multiple times. It's vicious. And this is probably the most vicious I've seen her in a while in a book, um, where it it almost feels like she, you know, is, like, gone off the rails or something, and she might be the villain who's, like, killed them. But then, you know, you have Booster even say it, you know, at the end Mm. when they finally, I, I think she stabs him out of the sky, basically. And he tries to protect her um, when he crashes, you know. He's like, you're lucky I was able to, like, you know, you know, save you even in the fall. Um, and, you know, then he goes, you know, after what you did or something like that. And she's like, what I did. And then you have that big moment, you know, where she's like, you know, from where I see it, you're the one who, you know. Exactly. I think that's the way the story's going to go. It's going to show not... I don't, I don't see it as, oh, it was Booster Gold the whole time. Mm-hmm. I see it as... It could have been both. It could have been everyone in that room at this point. Yeah. They don't know. Or maybe they all just kind of lose it or something mm-hmm. like that. Maybe there's a different... Because it really doesn't fit like Booster Gold's character mm-hmm. whatsoever. Um, I'm definitely thinking that he had a part in it, but like not knowingly. Like he may be influenced by something. Um, y- you know, with Booster Gold comes time travel, obviously. So that's going to be a factor in this hmm. um you know maybe there is something that he saw in the future that you know led him to you know feel like he had to do something um in the present um and maybe correct something in some way um i don't know you know it's a mystery and i like that aspect mm. of the book so i i did thought it was good storytelling by king though by the way he set everything up um i, I didn't see through it at first you know i really did take it for what it was showing us that it was, you know, Harley kind of losing mm-hmm. it. And they kind of even, I think her dialogue and her like therapy session kind of set that up, like how damaged she is as a character, um, which I thought was pretty cool. So um, I, I liked her denying, like, um, what was it? Denying trauma and yes. then also accepting it by the end. And it was... Yes, yes, in her way. Yes, absolutely. Cause, you know, and she she was a therapist in the mm-hmm. past, I believe. If it, I don't know where DC is continuity-wise. Um, but yeah, so I... I they I, don't fuck with her origin too yeah, much. Yeah, which is good. Which is good. So it's a strong origin. So I, I, I did enjoy this. I know some fans are outraged and stuff by like who they kept. I'm a huge Wally West fan. Um, you know, that's my flash. But it's comic books and it's DC. Mm-hmm. So we know that. Everything will get reshuffled yes. in a little bit, and I'm sure, you know, there's a good explanation. They don't just waste characters to waste characters, you know, so I'm not too worried about it. So, um, you know, put down the pitchfork for torches, <laughs> people. People die in DC. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. And in they another will, book. Yeah, and they, <laughs> and they come back. And they come back a pretty lot of times. damn easy. Yes, a lot so. of times. And that's the same with Marvel. Oh, yeah. So, I'm not trying to throw shade at DC, but, you know, especially with what we know right now, with everything that's happening in the other books, we know that, you know, there's probably a good reshuffling, you know, Mm -hmm. happening soon, I would assume. I also think it's a terrible idea to take three parts from the Trinity and put it into robots as therapy robots. (laughs) Is that what they did? Yes, it was the will of um, Batman... The hope from um, Superman, and it was something from Wonder Woman. How is that even quantifiable? Get that. All right, King. You lost me there. That sounds like a Snyder thing to do. (laughs) 
but they specifically created this place. Okay, so well, maybe it was the fucking here. robots that went crazy then. Although they're taken out too, right? Yes, they're dead as well. At first, too, right? They they kind of look like Ma and Pa Kent. Yeah, yeah. Like the way I was like. Completely. I thought that's what they were. I, I was like, holy shit, did they kill Ma and Pa Kent? <laughs> and then I realized there's like robot yes. arms laying next to him. I was like, okay. Yeah. I was like, that's really fucked up. Well, I feel like therapy through um, robots are almost just like impersonal as well. Uh huh. Especially if you're trying to help um, these heroes that have serious issues. Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. I don't know, I'm just... No, I no, I guess, I see where you're going, but these have to be some pretty damn good robots. Yes. All I'm saying. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I, I'm i intrigued by this book. It reminds me a lot of uh, Identity Crisis, um, you know, from the early 2000s, mm-hmm. which was a really good mystery, um, and really kind of was really edgy at the time for DC. So it does remind me a lot of that, where it's kind of tackling, like, you know, a real-life, you know, aspect of, you know, what could affect these superheroes, like, you know, PTSD, um, which makes sense. and something that we're exploring with the Captain Marvel book right mm-hmm. now. So I like that angle. I really do. So it makes sense. You know, yeah, so it makes is... these characters feel more grounded mm-hmm. and more relatable. This is still very much in the style of how Tom King has been writing Batman lately, mm-hmm. where it's not like... At Mr. Miracle level, where it's, you know, balls Nothing's to the wall, nothing. At Mr. Miracle level. Level, so. <laughs> but and I'm not reading the Batman book. Maybe it is. I don't know. Okay. Um, it's good, though. You're enjoying it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think he, he handles um, Batman's psychology, like, psychology completely, like, perfect. Okay. So I'm definitely interested to see. Which is just see... fucked up, right? Yes. Because <laughs> that dude's fucked well, up. Well, it's all, I mean, literally. I'm 45 issues through, and I'm like, this is all about, you know, his mental state and, like, dealing with, you know, wanting to be with Catwoman and why she's with him and mm-hmm. her mental state as well. And it's like, okay. Wow. <laughs> like yeah, it gets, textbooks have been written on that, so. it's It just dives so far into them. And mm-hmm. it's, like, um, not what you really usually get out of, like, a Batman storyline. Yeah. Especially, like, him just trying to figure out what's wrong. Uh-huh. And solving it. Solve That's the it. mystery, yeah. But you can't solve Batman's problems. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's damn straight. You cannot solve Batman's problems. So it'll be interesting to see how he handles uh, these pretty much almost sidekick-level characters or almost B-heroes, I would almost say, compared to the Trinity. And, I and did, the main I did line. Whistle a little when you called Wally West a B level character, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. He is a B level character to me, dude. Okay, um, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that's my flash, goddammit. Who cares? Um, did your flash become still? <laughs> okay, fuck that. <laughs> Fuck the steel the force. Still. <laughs> the steel force, whatever. Can't wait to get back to that oh. um, So, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, that just feels like such a different book. After reading <laughs> yes. <laughs> this was heavy. This was this a heavy what, read. This is kind of what I want more out of comics, though, lately. I want them to take a storyline that is deep cut, deep level. Yeah. And build slowly. I don't need, like, the... That's what we got a lot in the, the um, early 2000s. We really did mm-hmm. get a lot of books like that, where they were really exploring, like, these different avenues that you didn't get from comics. About, like, you know, these hero psyches and, you know, what 
would make a person dress up in a silly costume and fight crime and you know what kind of damage you would be doing <laughs> to one psyche you know living through you know a con- you're constantly at war mm-hmm. with someone um so it just it you got storylines like that um it it feels like we're getting back to those roots um recently so um as long as we've got like storytellers like king out there i feel like we're in good hands so i mean like i said this felt very much like Mm -hmm. identity crisis and that book was fucking deep it like asked some serious questions about like how far is too far um with these heroes so i I definitely if you have not read identity crisis i definitely recommend picking that book up so um but yeah yeah all right uh next we have doomsday clock number seven all right, the critically acclaimed team of writer Jeff Johns and artist Gary Frank continue the groundbreaking miniseries bringing the world of the Watchmen to DC. In this chapter, the truth behind Dr. Manhattan's curiosity with the DC universe is revealed as the planet teeters on the edge of the Super War. So this book has a lot to unpack. <laughs> it For me, I always have to go back to Mm -hmm. recall what happened last issue and it's because it's bi-monthly um because and i mean these aren't like books these are definitely like you said a lot to unpack so um it's an undertaking but it's an entertaining one Mm -hmm. because i've enjoyed all these these have been extremely well written yes extremely i want to hate it because it's so like i like you told me earlier we have 10 more months of this (laughs) And it's just like, <laughs> yes, I, it dawned on me today when I was looking back, um, just at, like, I think it was through our like feed and I saw like the first issue of Doomsday Clock and it was like last year, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it was like November or something like that or December, I believe. So we've been reading this book for a year almost, which is That's crazy. Insane. And we're only on issue number seven. So we've got like six more issues to go or five more issues to go. So um, that's a lot. That's 10 months. So unless they start to speed it up and we start getting this monthly, we've got some time to go. So um, but so far, so good. You know, um, you know, I was definitely like I, I think I say every time we review the book, I was terrified. You know, just the idea that the blasphemous idea of bringing the Watchmen back into like modern day and introducing to the DC universe. Um, it sounds like a horrible idea on paper. <laughs> so far, so good. You know, I'm intrigued by the story. I don't know where it's going, you know. Um, but yeah, so I, I really felt like this got kind of back to the roots of these characters, though. I liked the way that they painted Adrian. Um, mm. You knew that he was probably up to no good, and he definitely was. You know, it's revealed when they finally meet up with Dr. Manhattan, and we figure out that his cat, Adrian's cat, or whatever the fuck that thing is, is, like, some, like, kind of, like, I don't know, like, pitchfork that can, like, call or summon Dr. Manhattan somehow because Adrian's been forced to clone his cat, and somehow it has some aspect of Dr. Man. I yes. have no clue. It was convoluted. Yes. <laughs> but whatever. I get it. It's forgivable. So, um, it was entertaining at least in the retelling of... I was actually um, surprised to actually have him show up at this oh, point. 
Yeah, well, I mean, Jesus Christ, it's I know, number it's, seven. It's number seven, <laughs> but at the same time, I didn't expect it just to be like, boom, he's here. I'm here. You know? Yeah, yeah. I love the Joker's reaction to seeing him. <laughs> where he basically tells him to put some pants yes. on. That was great. <laughs> um, I love that um, basically the DC Universe is just kind of like onlookers for the story and it's very much centered around like the Watchmen characters mm-hmm. like Batman and the Joker are there but they're just kind of like the audience um, I enjoy that I thought that was kind of a cool aspect because you know Batman tends to steal panels and so does the Joker so I thought maybe they would you know kind of water down you know the interaction between the characters but that didn't happen this was very much a Watchmen book so um that being said, how did you feel like that meeting, that first meeting between all the players in the game, really? I think, um, for me, it reassured me that this was kind of going in the right direction. Yeah, and to paint the scene, you basically have Dr. Manhattan, mm-hmm. the comedian who's tied up in a chair, you know, he was taken hostage by, like, the Joker and, you know, the marionette mm-hmm. um, in the mine. And then you also have um, uh, Adrian and, and Rorschach. Rorschach, you know. So you have all basically the players on the board yes. in this room. And they're are they on the checkboard? Are they literally on a chessboard? Yeah, he teleports them out. He well, no, At he first. just takes like that part of the ground and just teleports it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so it's he literally time. just cuts it. How powerful cuts. he is is yes. fucked up. Um, throughout this, it's kind of telling the story of you know. Alan Scott, the original Green Lantern. Um, we were left with, I believe it's Johnny Thunder, finding the lantern in the last book. And then we kind of talk about, like, the narrator at least mm-hmm. does, um, which is Dr. Manhattan, I believe, um, talking about, like, basically how he changed, you know, history yes. in the DC Universe just by moving the lantern a couple inches away from Alan Scott in the original, like, train like accident that you know basically caused him to get his powers so that way he couldn't reach out to the lantern when the crash happened and he never became the green lantern so it seems like the justice society never really happened so that's changed the history of the dc universe um you know why he's done that i have no clue you know and i don't know if it's just so he could have more control of it um you know to shape it he is like seeing time at all like Yes, but I love that they they they're doing a good job like honoring that because that was a big part of the Watchmen, mm-hmm. you know, the original book. Um, so I, I love that you know these characters I feel still feel true to mm-hmm. the original like you know conception like Alan Davis's like conception of the characters. So I feel like you know Jeff Johns is doing a great job staying true to these characters. Um, even Rorschach to a certain extent, you know, feels like he's got elements of the original Rorschach in him. Um, but now, how do you feel about, basically, we figured out that Adrian has tricked the new Rorschach into following him. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that whole, you know, reveal? I didn't have a problem with it. When they explained that he was just, like, almost childishly just accepting whatever was in front of him, mm-hmm. um, you know, I got behind that. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. I like that he's just, you know, he's only seeing the parts that he needed to see. Adrian's really just been um, 
manipulating him this entire time into thinking that he has cancer and Dr. Mahan's like, he doesn't have cancer. Yeah. It's just like... Nonchalantly. He's yeah. like, no, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the most interesting... And the thing that I took out of that whole meeting the most was uh, Dr. Manhattan has, obviously has a conflict with Superman, and that's it for Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, and I didn't really understand, like, does he realize what the conflict is? Like, no. what, you know, I'm not quite sure what the, like, I know that he keeps on flashing forward, and the last memory he has the furthest he can see into the future is only one month away and it's like Superman charging at him and like swinging and then after that he can't see anything anymore Mm -hmm. so he either believes that he uh, ceases to exist or the universe ceases to exist so I mean which is pretty fucked up to think (laughs) so I don't know exactly what you know yeah, I guess that's whole, the whole part mm-hmm. point of the story <laughs> is we're now set up to you know be looking forward to that moment to see where we're going. You know, it's all leading towards that moment um, to see exactly how all that unravels. So I, I thought that was intriguing. I really, I'm curious to see how Clark you know plays a part. In and this. I feel like we're getting Clark in the next issue. Yeah. Just to like kind of see where he's at with all this story so far. Yeah, yeah, I do too. And yeah, because Batman's pretty much, like I said, a bystander mm-hmm. in this whole you know story. Um, I don't know if Lex is going to pop up again. I'm sure he will. I feel like he'll be part of this also somehow. Um, you know, he's just so featured in the early solicitations that I feel like he'll somehow mm-hmm. angle his way in. He always does, especially whenever Superman's involved. But. I don't know. I, I really have no clue where they're yes. going. I don't know if they're going to use the story to kind of reset the DC universe. I mean, the whole rebirth, you know, thing basically, you know, stems from like Dr. Manhattan's like involvement and was a big part of that, you know, uh, story in the beginning. So it feels like we're heading towards a conclusion, you know, so do we get a reshuffled continuity are they streamlining the continuity again you know I, I don't know you know I, and we won't know for 10 more yeah. months <laughs> <laughs> so fuck you DC <laughs> we, we definitely have a lot of story especially to get to that point though yeah and I because like, like even like thinking about Lex um, why does he even have like a regular life right now after everything we see Lex doing at the moment in Justice I don't know League. where we're at in time, like the time-wise, mm-hmm. like with, you know, the continuity with the Justice League and everything that's happening there. And, uh, you know, it, it, it is very confusing. But I'm glad they're, they're not letting that get in the way of mm-hmm. the storytelling, you know, because I am enjoying those stories. So I can deal with not understanding the continuity perfectly yet you know i do want them to you know eventually get to that point though where they kind of explain where everything falls timeline wise why all the heroes are being hated and everything yes yes you know and i guess that makes more sense i did like that um aspect of the book too where they're kind of showing all these countries attacking each other Mm -hmm. using you know their you know super you know their their metahumans um you know, I thought that was kind of cool where, like, one of the 
uh, leaders of a country is like being like tortured in his sleep through his yeah, nightmares. Yeah, he can't prove and it. And he can't prove it. Which is fucked like, up. Yeah, yeah. Think about <laughs> that, right? Um, you know what a different world it would be. You know if you know these governments were using these metahumans as weapons. And it's always been something that's been played with in you know the big two's mm. continuity, but like never to like this extent where like you know they're you know human weapons you know um being you know aimed by the government so um and this kind of like basically throws it all on the table so um, it's pretty cool it's a pretty cool idea concept and i feel like it fits with the original watchman theme so Mm -hmm. um but yeah yeah i i will keep on picking up this book every other month i guess (laughs) (laughs) so will i so will i um I missed it last month, but this month we're going to be talking Justice League Dark. Uh, I'm going to well, talk. You will be talking. Okay, Justice I'll be League, talking because I missed League it Dark. all of the months. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's only issue number three. Yes, yeah. so I could jump in. Probably won't though, because what? I'm lazy. <laughs> it's kind of the first arc's been finished at this point. Oh, really? Three issues. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So it's it's a fast paced book at this point. Do tell. Um, in issue two, uh, we had kind of starts off with. A very cool, wicked scene where it starts off with young Diana on Themyscira, and you know she's explaining you know there was witches on the island that um, her mother told her never to follow, but of course her curiosity got the best of her, and she followed them to while they were doing these like chant dances, and during this chant dances they are like witches are always chanting. I know Uh, they are like melding their bodies together, and it's trippy. Uh, they're all like combining at three, so like three at a time, and they're trying to get. I guess I'm assuming a, a, a like a witch or a demon or something yeah. to arrive, and it does arrive. It sees Diana in the trees, uh, watching them, and forces the witches to go get her, and what the whatever it is brands her forehead oh, with okay. a like mystical mark and it, it's not seeable by anyone else so of course that's why she's had it all this time and no one's ever seen it so that kind of explains why she's been drawn to like the magic world now i guess you could say that okay mm-hmm. um so then what we get up throughout the rest of the book is kind of like explaining where the team is you know what's going on um and what they need to do to figure out how to stop you know the magical world from dying christian are you avoiding reading the dc blurb Oh, I well, I <laughs> don't have favorites. I I'll read it when we get to three because I don't have two on here. So I'm just explaining what happened. To oh, you. okay, okay. <laughs> I was like, I know you're avoiding it. <laughs> no, this was a long one. I I wouldn't blame myself for trying to avoid it. But, so um, in two we get um, the team kind of gets split up. We have Swamp Thing um, saying that he feels something wrong with the Tree of Wonder, so he goes to investigate. Uh, we have Bobo the Chimp and uh, uh, Man Bats um, you know, being separated by uh, Dr. Fate. So they, they go to go see Dr. Fate because they need to see the original Dr. Fate or the person with the power of fate. Okay. Because uh, apparently Dr. Fate actually is just a wizard. Okay. All along. So, um, that's, okay. Uh, is that a big his, reveal? I guess his powers are all just based in magic. Okay. Okay. So, um, no, I think it's Nebu or Nobu is the name of the original, like, 
master of fate in this universe. And um, okay, I do. Okay, I feel like that's part of his origin, his original origin. All right, so they have to ask him. You know, what's the problem? Why is this all happening? And um, when they meet up with Doctor Fate, he uh, he tries to bring them to meet Nobu, but he first tells starts telling them this story of how like everything happened. And what we get to is that Nobu has actually taken over Dr. Fate's body and has actually trapped his, like, sidekick in a pot that Dr. Uh, Detective Chimp discovers. And, um... Of course he does. <laughs> Nobu just basically explains, mankind isn't meant to have magic. Um, mankind has been using magic against um, this other place called The Other Place. Uh, this other much. place called The Other Place? Yes. Okay. Because um, the people from there are also called the other kind or the other people. It's a lame name for them, but yeah, yeah, okay. But it's basically fine. just like the if other it works, side. it works. Um, and that's kind of where we get left off. Is um, this creature called the Upside Down Man shows up, and um, once again, Diana is just freaking out because like she gets the same feeling as a child that she saw when she saw the monster come out. So she's actually feeling like fear. Yes, right now. Which and I'm sure Wonder Woman doesn't feel very much. Not fear, not like that. Yeah, so, yeah. And that's where that issue ends. So now I will read this ridiculous book. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Um, Wonder Woman, Swamp Things, Zaytana, Man Bat, um, Detective Chimp, the Ju- <laughs> Why? The Justice League Dark <laughs> team may not be strong or deep enough to stop the omnipotent Upside Down Man from taking over our entire plane of existence. Upside Down Man takes the Justice League Dark apart one by one, but Wonder Woman might have enough mojo to keep everyone alive. Turns out Diana had a power not even she knew about that burst to the surface. But will it be enough to turn Upside Down Man on his head? Or is it just a lot of mystical mumbo-jumbo? Wow. Thanks, DC guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost spoilerish. Uh-huh. Uh, I was going to say. <laughs> I felt like they just summarized, like, issue number two. Uh-huh. Okay. So, what we get in the beginning of this, I'm not going to go through everything, because just little elements. But uh, the beginning of this, we have um, Satana's dad teaching young Satana, like, you know, raising her, pretty much. Like, um, wake up. Like, training her. Training her and all that. Um kind of like explaining why spells are said backwards pretty much sentences mm-hmm. and everything um just kind of like teaching her the ropes and it comes down comes in the handy of course down the road um what we get in this book is upside down man just fucking goes to town okay and like um constantine oh there was a little moment i missed in issue two where constantine um shows up to, uh meets up with swamp thing and confronts Swamp Thing saying, are one going to tell the team? And we find out that Swamp Thing is planning on retiring completely and just joining the green and never coming out. Well, I guess that makes sense for Swamp Thing. Yeah, that's fine. Um, he <laughs> thinks that helping the Wonder Tree will allow him to do that, but we quickly find out that's not what the Wonder not Tree the case wants. At all. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the Upside Down Man quickly um, traps uh, Wonder Woman and uh, Zaytana. And um, somehow... So he's pretty powerful, the Upside Down Man. Incredibly powerful. Okay. Um, Boba the Chimp and... Uh, 
I'm going to laugh every time you say Bobo the Chimp. Yes, Detective <laughs> Chimp and Man Bat find their way into uh, um, the chamber that uh, Wonder Woman is in, and Detective Chimp immediately gets melted. Oh, okay. Literally, like, melted alive. All right. By Upside Down Man. And, um... It's about fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, like this. It just starts popping off. Well, he's um, just a monkey. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Swamp Thing, like, grows to about, I don't know, a seven-story building. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, says enough. We're not doing this. And immediately gets melted. Okay, like, well. Like, burnt melted. Like, not, like, nice, like... Quick Marvel Avengers painful. Like, yes, painful. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, who else? Man Bat gets killed as well. And um, he's pretty much just going through the team like it's nothing. Uh, and it comes down to Constantine who starts putting out this spell who he even can't handle. Like it's too much power for him. Um, he fires it at Upside Down Man, and Upside Down Man's like, I'm made of magic. You're what just you, shooting. What are you, doing? you wouldn't yeah. throw. He says the line. You wouldn't throw water at a tsunami to stop it. Uh, um, and it's a good point. Yes, he literally pulls all the demon blood out of um, Constantine. So he's just fucking everyone up. Yes, um, he's about to send Zatanna to meet. Apparently, um, Zatanna's father is trapped in the other side um, realm. Okay, and they've been torturing him all this time. Oh. That's unpleasant. Um, he even chants back like the spell that her father's been trying to say for years to her, and she like starts freaking out. And then he's like, "Oh well, I mean, you could go visit him." And uh, he's about to open a portal, and he shoots it at her. And of course, Wonder Woman blocks it with her shield real fast. Mm-hmm. And he's very um, curious as to like, he's like, "What are you?" He doesn't understand what she is for a moment. He's like, "I understand you're human, but there's something different about you." Um, and she starts filling up with light uh, after he, like, touches her forehead. Um, and she just becomes this, like, being of pure magic and light at this point. And it starts to burn him. Um, wow. Okay. She's just pure power. And Zaytana whispers into her here, repeat after me, um, channel this power, and basically teaches her a spell real fast on how to banish him. He gets banished, and everyone returns back to normal. Okay. So it's pretty much like he does all this damage and it was like out of nowhere and then everyone is returned. Just reversed. Yes, reversed. Does it cheapen it at all or still was it a good... I mean, because you I knew that it was going, it I knew it was going to stick. Yeah, right? I knew it was going to stick but at the same time I wish it maybe held one more issue. Like, or at least with a detective chip. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you as much as I hated him in metal uh-huh. I have enjoyed him throughout these books. Uh huh. I know been, he's like comedy relief. Right? He, yeah, he's been comedy relief. I hope so. And he's been—they've written him very well. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good to know. He's been funny in the right way, not funny in the uh, okay. I get what you're trying to do, but it's not winning me over right now. I'll take your word for it. Yes. Um. So yes, the Upside Down Man was completely badass, but at the same time, he was defeated pretty easily by a magical power that was inside Wonder Woman that we never knew about. That before, we never knew about. It just came out of nowhere. Um, I think it's a cool element. For her, I think um, the way it was introduced was really cool. Do you feel like it's an element that they'll keep of the character, or do you think it's something that will just kind of be forgotten about over time? 
I think it'll be forgotten about after this. Especially, I don't know how big this book is right now. Mm -hmm. Um, They do have a new one with uh, that's following um, what's his name, Cyborg's team, pretty much at this point. Um, That's going to be dealing with that tree. Oh, really? Yeah. Man, they're all about these fucking trees, huh? Yeah. I mean, these trees are a big deal. Okay. So yeah, (laughs) in some way. Yeah. Okay. Um. I just really wish I knew how all this tied together. But <laughs> I guess we gotta wait. It'll it'll make a bigger picture um, at some point. I really liked how this has been written so far, so I'm I'm still gonna keep reading it. Um, I've been wanting to read something with Wonder Woman. I think that's I said that the last time we even talked about these. I've been wanting to read more Wonder Woman type stories, mm-hmm. and this has been very interesting. Uh, it's and not she seems to like, be like the central focus of the story. Yes. Correct? Um, you know, in the last issue, they kind of explored like. Oh, one of you is like the secret key to all of this, and we'll be able to help everyone. And you know, of course, it turned out to be Wonder Woman. So, I think she'll still stay the main focus, but maybe she'll dive more into the magic realm. And that's kind of why her she was put in charge of that team, probably you know, focusing on that tree. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. Right, because they they saw something in her that she didn't even know. So that ma- magical element, if you will. So that's uh, that's interesting. It's a different, you know, angle on the character mm-hmm. that we've never seen before. So because you don't typically think of her as like, you know, a magic based character. But, you know, I guess it makes sense, though, story wise. Mm. So, um, but yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it sounds like an interesting book. I like all the characters, you know, that they have. And I mean, it's characters that you would never think to put together besides like maybe Swamp Thing. Is Constantine part of the team he was never like announced as a member of the team but he's so tied to the name just like, like dark that it's i feel just like, like he's been in every issue though right yeah <laughs> he's been in every issue so okay yeah man bat is kind of the one that like throws me for a loop he's supposed to tie everything to science i think that's like his purpose because yeah, he but... is a scientist mm-hmm. so i believe if they're going with like his original origin so i don't know but, but every time he turns into man bat he kind of loses his himself and they have to like you know, really yeah. hear him, so... Yeah, yeah, but he's just not magic-based, yeah. so I, I guess that's kind of... But I guess if you want a scientist on a team, it's kind of cool to have a giant bat, mm. also. It kind of goes with the Justice League <laughs> dark angle, if you will. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for comics this week. Yes. All right, on to wrestling. On to wrestling. What's up, guys? My name is Seamus, and I host the podcast Crime and Movies. This podcast is not about movies featuring crimes. That would be weird. This is a podcast about criminal behavior within the movie industry. So tune in on your favorite podcast player. Or, of course, the usual Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, CastBox, and anywhere else that you enjoy your podcasts. Once again, I am Seamus, and I host the podcast Crime and Movies. Check it out right now. Just binge on some crime. Now accessing wrestling. So this upcoming weekend, we have WWE's Super Showdown. Yes, 5 o'clock in the morning. 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm not going to be up. <laughs> You're setting time. your alarm. I know it. God, no. You're going to have your John Cena PJs on. <laughs> and get it all ready for the Super Showdown. I think the only PJs I'd buy at this point is probably New Days. If they mm-hmm. sell them. New Days? Yeah. Really? I feel like it would be fun PJs. <laughs> Do you have, like, the little, like, unicorn horn, like, hoodie or something? Oh, hell yeah. And I hope... They should sell a unicorn spoon to go with that cereal, by the way. 
I feel like that should be a Have thing. you had the cereal? No. Okay. I have a feeling it tastes awful. It just looks like well, it tastes It tastes awful. like booty? There you go. <laughs> Cue rip shot. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. So we're going to basically recap Raw and SmackDown as we preview this super showdown, if you will. Yes. So these were basically uh, go-home shows uh, for this event. So... You want to start at the bottom of the list or the top of the list? Well, let's start at the bottom because this list is backwards, I'm noticing. So first up, we have Asuka and Naomi versus the Iconics. Now, tell me, Damon, has has any of this been on TV? It has been on TV. Okay. Um, It's annoying, Um, especially the relationship between Asuka and Naomi. Um, I've seen a lot of their backstage videos. A lot of ha-ha-ha, Asuka can't speak English, you know, that racist bullshit, you know, that McMahon just loves. I don't know. It feels like very like eighties humor, you know. Laugh at the foreigner. It's, I don't know. I'm over it. So that's great. Um, and you're just wasting a talent in Oscar. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like the iconics and everything. I'm glad that they're getting featured on the car. It's in Australia, so duh. <laughs> I feel like they have to have someone to go up against, and you know, at least Oscar's getting up, you know, to be part of the car. I don't think she was part of the last yep. two pay per views. So hopefully that will lead to something else. Um, I'm saying the Iconics go over here, though, just because it's their hometown. Well, their home country, if you will. Typically, hometown means you lose. Nah, that's a modern day thing recently where, you know, JR keeps on getting his ass kicked in his hometown and stuff. So it used to be where you were pretty set in your hometown. So... They've kind of gotten away from it recently where they're letting people get over in their hometown. But I guess I, I see what you're saying. It's not necessarily a guarantee, but I feel mm-hmm. like they're going to want to... If they're starting off the show here, you know, with the Iconics, I feel like they're going to want them to go over. If I'm assuming Iconics, it's going to be on Naomi, yeah. you know? Maybe Asuka turns heel. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If, if Asuka's losing here, please, for the love of God, just turn her heel. Yes. <laughs> I'm all for that, but it's not going to happen. Do something interesting with that's that That's way too creative and mean that they would actually have to invest in like thought for Oscar. Um The new WWE game that's coming out, I'm not buying because I'm just I'm tired of them. But um, they had they had that big head mode seems fun though. I guess <laughs> I don't know. It just I'll looks get stupid. It <laughs> half price or lower, but I'm not paying sixty dollars for no them anymore. Fuck that. It's, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Um, totally throwing me off the rails here, man. With the big head, whatever, comments. dude. The big head um, shit looks cool. What do you want from me? They have this cool trailer out though, and it has Oscar like, um, the mask has the green bleeding, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Eyes, and then she takes it off, and then she's bleeding. I'm like, man, wouldn't that be a cool little entrance video for her? Oh, I didn't even see that. I have to look that up on YouTube. Yeah, she takes off the mask, and it's coming out of her own eyes as well. That's pretty awesome. I'm like, that'd be a really great, like, heel, like, entrance video. Or even they do that with her makeup or something Mm -hmm. like that. That'd be a cool aspect. Um, But yeah, they're not going to invest that much thought into her at all. So, not until they have to. Just just let her go. So, ah, it's going to be free. It's ridiculous. Anyway, so we're going to try to be a little positive. Yes, but (laughs) I agree. I agree. 100% 100% obvious. Sure. I love the Iconics. I hope that they go yes, over. Yes, I do hope that they get over. I do you know, hope they it's, go it's over. It's their hometown. 
I don't know if they're going to come out insulting their hometown at all or... Oh, I'm sure the they heels, will. So. I think they'll be classic heels mm. here. I think they will start making fun of Australia. I do. Um, you know, and I hope this this maybe is kind of, you know, them, you know, testing the waters or kind of setting up like an actual tag division. Yes. Um, you know, I've been dreaming about for months now. When especially... I first saw this, I thought maybe maybe it's like the first match of their tag team. Nope. Tournament, but of course we haven't had a nope. single announcement or notice for it. So yeah, yeah, and they're not really doing any kind of build for the Evolution pay per view at all right now. Um, hopefully, after this, they'll start building that up more. Yes. You did have Alexa this week. Um, I forget what the segment was called. A moment of had, bliss. A moment of bliss where she attacked Trish. Basically. I know my bliss moments. Yes. That's, that's <laughs> So um, that was pretty much it that I can recall, though, um, angle-wise for Evolution that we've seen. So everything's been booked towards this event. Um, next up, we have the Cruiserweight Championship, uh, Cedric Alexander versus Buddy Murphy, who is also a hometown guy. So... I didn't realize he was from Australia. I didn't either until I uh, read the little review, <laughs> the little preview. So... Um, does Buddy Murphy go over here? Is this I'm a good time sure. to take that belt off of I mean, He's a great talent. And I feel like... Uh, I feel like he's not 205 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling bullshit on that. He looks like a good solid 220 to me. So, but, you know, hey, if they need him to work in the, you know, cruiserweight division, mm-hmm. I mean, he's got personality and he can go. So, whatever. You know, I, I feel like 205 is such a weird way. Like, it, I felt like back in the late 90s. I mean, Jesus Christ, I know Jericho was like 225 and he was like multi-time cruiserweight champion. So it's a weird weight limit to put on it. But I mm. guess that kind of, it kind of rationalizes like people like, you know, Styles and Finn Balor, you know, maybe Finn Balor, you know, being, you know, with the heavyweights. I guess. I guess. Maybe Finn it's Balor. It's an excuse. Yeah. It is. It it's all is. Excuses. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so I don't know. Are we predicting this card? Hmm? Are we going to make predictions on this? Yeah, well, we just said the iconics were going to win the first. Was that an actual prediction? Okay. Okay. Oh, the iconics uh, are going to win. Okay, I agree. Okay, iconics are going to win. Um, Who do you got here? I don't know. This one's a little bit harder because I feel like I just keep throwing it onto Cedric Alexander and. I'm going to go, Buddy Murphy. What the fuck? <laughs> okay, it's not thinking too hard. I'm gonna say ask Cedric Alexander. Awesome. I put twenty dollars on it. No, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. Um, I've watched literally zero minutes of two hundred five exactly. live in the last six months. So, all right. Next up, we got the SmackDown Tag Team Championship uh, on the line versus the Bar. Yes, this has been okay. I've actually enjoyed this because it's. It's the bar basically calling out the New Day on all their antics and, like, just saying we want to fight. Um, so I kind of like that. Um, they're they're doing a good job of booking this, at least. Um, Has the bar, at least, been less of a comedy act lately? Yes. Okay. Yes. I mean, there's still that aspect there, but I feel like they're trying to water that down um, so they're not overshadowed by New Day and there's some contrast between the two teams. Because for a while, they're becoming almost strictly comedy at one point. Mm. Um, so, I mean, these guys had a hell of a run on Raw with the tag team belts. 
so it, it kind of feels weird that they've been floundering like the last year since Mania really um, as a you know a tag team so I, I hope that this is used to get them back on track I would like to see them go over here I know New Day just picked up those titles but I wouldn't be surprised you know if you know the bar actually beats them for it so I'm going to say the bar um, I'll say the New Day are going to hold on to their titles. Okay. Well, you're I could feel your like New Day cereal. You're going to pop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be a pop because I'm. Yeah, you're going to pop. You're going to pop. You literally have unicorn pajamas. What do you mean you're not going to pop? I said I would get unicorn pajamas. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. get them. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna have your girlfriend take a picture of you and your uh, <laughs> new day PJs. So, all right, what do we got next? John Cena and Bobby Lashley versus Kevin Owens and Elias. So let's talk about Kevin Owens and Elias for a second on Raw. Hmm. Holy shit! What a great heel reaction. I've heard heels make fun of you know hometown teams yes. before and teams that have left. I've never seen or heard a reaction quite like the one that Owens and Elias got this week. Um, they made reference to the Supersonics leaving Seattle, and the crowd went nuts. They did a great job of milking it, um, but holy shit. Like, they booed them for the rest of the segment. Owens and Elias had to scream out the rest of their promo basically and even when like Lashley came out um you know with his what's his man uh, Leo Rush yeah um they still they they were still booing you know they weren't stopping they were unrelenting so I thought that was pretty awesome uh these guys have great chemistry and I was really happy that Kevin Owens went over on Lashley Mm -hmm. um that being said there's no way that John Cena and Lashley oh, God. are losing. <laughs> we haven't seen us. We haven't seen Cena since when? I don't, like, God, two, three months. I have no idea. At this point, I, f- I feel like it's longer. Is it but... Mania? That's not Mania, is it? It might have been Mania. No, he was at um, he was at Greatest Royal Rumble. Was that after Mania? Yeah, but he okay. faced Triple H there after Mania. Okay. Um, it's I been a while. I don't know if anything after that. Yeah, I think it's been a couple months. So I mean, unless Leo Rush fucks up for them, I don't... Yeah, there's no way. I don't... And, like, Cena's lost weight. He's, like, completely, insanely shredded now. Mm. Not that he was, <laughs> you know, uh, not shredded before, but it, it, he's got to have, like, half percent, like, body fat. It looks insane. So, um, you know, he maybe he'll show off his new move. His, uh, what, what, what do you call it? He's got six moves of Doom now. Yeah. His, his punch. He's got a punch that he does. So it looks horrible. <laughs> I'm just, I don't, I don't know. Pee break. Um, <laughs> I love that you said pee instead of piss. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I, they're going over here. Yes. I, I don't think there's any doubt, but I do feel like the future is bright for Elias and Kevin Owens, like, teaming together. Um, I, I do feel like they see hmm. the chemistry, and this might be a thing for a little bit. So, which is fine, as long as Kevin is getting I want more for both of them, to anyway, so... Yeah, well, if... If it's what they need to get Spotlight right now, hmm. I'm fine with that. 
I'm okay with that. So, and like I said, like the chemistry is, you know, obvious between those two. So uh, next up, we've got the SmackDown Women's Championship, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. Uh, yes, uh, I love that some of the promotional material is from Becky Lynch stomping on Charlotte during her photo shoot. Mm. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great image, though. Yes. It is, it is. And she's, I mean, she's been booked as the straight heel. Uh, Charlotte got the one-up on her, finally, uh, this week, which makes me believe that Becky's going to win this match. Yes, so I don't think title. they're going to put the brakes on her title reign anytime soon. So, I don't know how long this program will last. You know, maybe another match. Maybe at uh, Evolution. We'll see. But, you know, I feel like, you know, she might cheat to win here. Mm -hmm. um, but she is going to win, no matter what. Yes, Becky all the way. Uh, next up, we have Daniel Bryan versus The Miz um, for the number one contendership. Uh, this could go either way, uh, really. I, I'd like to see The Miz cheat to win at this point. And... You know, just keep building that possible championship feud down the road. I that's what I'm hoping for too. I feel like if the Miz is going to win this match, he is a shoe in for an actual like WWE title run on SmackDown. So, which I'm okay with. Uh, he's earned it. You know, he definitely is deserving of that. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, with his first title run, I couldn't necessarily say that. But now I feel like he's carried the ball, you know, for both brands, you know, at different times the last couple of years. So I feel like he's definitely where he needs to be to have a decent title run. Um, and I would be okay with, you know, AJ losing the belt to him yes. at this point, which is crazy to say. I, I would <laughs> never say that a couple of years ago. <laughs> So, AJ Styles losing to The Miz? No, you would not be saying no, that. No, but I mean, it, it fits his character. It's mm. gonna, obviously going to be in some cunning and conniving way, but I feel like it makes sense. This week, uh, he had Shelton Benjamin kind of mm. doing his dirty work for him. I wouldn't mind to see Miz start to build a faction around him to kind of protect him. Shelton would be a great piece. Um, Shelton actually ended up getting the win over Daniel Bryan, which was nice to see because we haven't seen Shelton Benjamin on TV in a long time. So um, this gave a lot of credit to Shelton Benjamin, mm. though. It wasn't like a total cheap win. I mean, they had a decent fucking match. So, um, you know, I thought that was nice to see. I wouldn't mind seeing The Miz manipulating Samoa Joe into attacking Styles. Mm. After maybe, you know, it's another screwy finish and he's still upset about it. It's a way to easily... Oh, you're saying like he uses Samoa Joe to attack Styles, yes. so then... The Miz then cash like you know ends up you know winning the title using mm. Joe, yeah that could definitely work. Um, It'd be a quick way to continue Styles versus Joe while taking the Miz with the title. Yeah, I'd like to see actually like an Aiden English with the Miz. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing. I, would, I, I think that would be cool. I, I wasn't saying Miz and Samoa Joe team. No, 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 no. <laughs> but if mind. you're gonna, if we're like building a little team around the Miz, because I do feel like he works best when he has a little like entourage around him. I could see Aiden English definitely fitting in with hmm. that. You know? Yes, and I'm hoping that feud ends pretty fast. I don't even see a match for them on this card. No, no, I, I don't think you're. I think you'll probably keep that feud on SmackDown. Mm -hmm. It feels like a lower mid-card feud. I think everyone could write where this is going at this point. So with the whole Lana, you know, Milwaukee reveal, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. It's a very, like, third-grade angle. It's like, come on. Mm -hmm. Give me a break. You obviously stopped the footage right there. 
she I don't know why she wouldn't tell you know Rusev exactly what she said at that moment so it's going nowhere um, and I don't think anyone's really clamoring for you know an English you know Rusev feud um, you know not a full program at least yeah. so um, it just doesn't make any sense on paper uh, so we've got next Ronda Rousey and the Bella Twins versus the Riot Squad yes the Demolition Derby um, I gotta say, man, fucking Ruby Riot and Ronda Rousey had a hell of a match this week. Just what I saw from the highlight video that they posted on YouTube, it I was like, yes, this is what I want to see from Ruby Riot. Yes, and this, matches. This did a lot for Ruby Riot. Mm-hmm. I think I give a lot of credit to Ronda Rousey too. I felt like she held her own in there, um, and she really helped build Ruby out. Ruby up as like a you know an actual like force to be reckoned with mm-hmm. so she was like standing toe to toe with her um I want to say it went a good like 10 minutes 10-15 minutes which is, which is great for a TV match um Rhonda's putting in the work man she's been on Raw quite a bit wrestling so I, I'm glad to see that um and I love that they're you know kind of like putting Ruby up there on like a pedestal, pedestal and giving her some of that like spotlight now mm-hmm. you know that she can be a featured player in the women's division you know um, you know and someone you know to kind of go after Rousey because you're definitely going to need you know threats for her exactly so um, but yeah I, I, it was a great match I feel like this is obviously going to just be a setup for you know evolution here and you're going to get the Bella Twins turning on Ronda Rousey um, I don't know if it's going to be both of them, um, but I definitely feel like it's going to end up with like a you know a Nikki. Does she go Nikki? Yeah. Did I just make that up? Okay. Well, Nikki's right. <laughs> uh, Nikki versus Ronda um, feud. So which it is what it is, man. I guess. So as long as you know Abella doesn't end up with that belt at the end of the night, I'm okay with it. Hmm. I just hate that this is the only few that they seem to have any that's type the, of build that's up why they evolution. need that's why they need tag team titles because they only focus on the belt you know that's the only thing they invest in booking and with the women's division so I mean they need something else you know to build up the rest you know of, mm-hmm. of the wrestlers and those in that division you know on both shows so I think that would give them something to go for. So, I, I don't know. I'm not going to hold my breath because they still haven't announced it yet. I mean, it's been rumored, but I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know why they're hesitating with it, but it is what it is. Um, next up, we've got the WWE Championship. AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. No disqualification. I think this one's easy since we already discussed, you know, who we want to see win the number one contendership. Yeah. AJ Styles. It, and that's who I think is going to, you know, I think Miz is definitely going to win mm-hmm. that match. Um, it just makes sense storyline-wise. And if that's true, then I feel like AJ has to come up on top. Yes. Um, you know, unless they swerve us and Samoa Joe gets the belt and then, you know, Miz and Samoa Joe have a match and AJ Styles, like, costs, like, Samoa Joe the belt, which would just be weird. But I guess they could do that and mm-hmm. go that route. But conventionally, it feels like this is booked for Styles to win here. Everything that Joe's been doing, which has been great up to this point, um, 
feels like it's leading to Styles finally getting retribution here. I don't like the way they've been booking Styles side of the whole like you know uh, program. I just feel like they kind of like even the way he sold like Joe at his house last week felt very. I don't know. His reaction was just very. Unpaused. His reaction was very flat. So it just felt very, I don't know, wooden almost. He just didn't sell it well enough for me. And, you know, if he's going to be pleading, I'd rather have him like on his hands and knees pleading and begging for Joe not to do it, which, you know, I know wouldn't make show AJ in the best light. But if someone's about to attack your family and you're a thousand miles away, I, I think that's okay. I don't know if he has an emotional range, though. So, and maybe this wasn't the right, you know, storyline for him to show that, right? <laughs> you know, maybe that's not the best light to, you know, book that angle. Maybe have him somewhere else react in a different way. I don't know. But it just didn't really, I don't know. It didn't do Styles any favors, you know? I mean, it makes Samoa Joe just a fucking monster, though. Mm. You know, I think it's getting Joe over more than anything. So um, even this week, they had AJ addressing the WWE audience from his couch at home um, that, you know, he was, you know, apologetic for not being able there, but he's too scared to leave his house right now. He says to protect his family. You know, it's fine. And I guess you're seeing your you know, hero in a different light. But at the same time, it still felt like, I don't know, he's kind of being booked in this weak light. You know, you wouldn't see. Triple H making this mm. choice, you know, back in the day when Randy Orton like attacked, you know, his family, and they kind of went through this whole ordeal too. So, um, I mean, I, at I'm that not point, a fan AJ would it. be at Samoa Joe's house. Yes, <laughs> that. But that's exactly what what I, that's how I'd want to see it. Like, you know, I know where you fucking live, you know, <laughs> and have that happen, you know, something like that, you know, or just have AJ go fucking ballistic. And maybe that's what's going to happen here at the pay-per-view, but I don't know. I don't know. I felt like it kind of almost cooled off the angle a little, you know, mm-hmm. even though he had this great, you know, promo done by Joe on the steps of AJ's house, um, just the way Styles reacted to it. I don't know. It just left everything a little flat for me. Um, so, but I know they're going to put on a hell of a match. You know, I know they're probably going to steal the show. So I wouldn't doubt that this is, you know, probably going to be the fucking match of the night, you know, or morning, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> However you want to look at it. It's night somewhere. Dude. Yes. Uh, uh, next up, we've got the Shield. Versus the Dogs of War, which they're not really calling them anymore. They've just kind of dropped that. You just like that name, dude. I love it. I've got it tattooed already. Uh, <laughs> with all three of their faces. Tramp stamp style. So, um... <laughs> I don't need to imagine that. You're good. <laughs> no, I'm going to show you after the show. Oh, we'll post it on Instagram. Um, so, <laughs> that's Strowman, Ziggler, and McIntyre. How do you book this, Christian? Um, I mean, either team can really win. It doesn't really matter. It's not for a title. It's not for anything. It's for Dean Ambrose's soul, Christian. It's more than a title. Dean Ambrose is going to stick with the Shield. You think so? Yes. 
His promo was pretty goddamn good, I gotta say. I, I did enjoy the way that Raw opened up. I mean, it's the typical Raw way of opening with the guy in the middle of the ring. Um, he was being interviewed by one of their many interviewers right now. They're, it seems like they're just trying out everyone at this point to uh, fill in for Renee. I think it's Caruso was this one? Was it? I have no idea, Christian. I don't know. It could have been fucking Mean Gene. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's a three-hour show. It mean Gene. It's a three-hour show. Honestly, <laughs> by the third hour, I've forgotten everything. I have to look back at the results. But, uh, yeah. So, anyway, it, it could have been just a mic stand, honestly. So, Dean did all the talking. It was a hell of a promo, though. And it it definitely laid the seeds for, you know, him betraying the shield. I mean, it feels too obvious at that point. at this point. Um, but, you know, he kind of went on, like, a tangent on why he would betray the S.H.I.E.L.D., um, which was pretty badass. Um, mm. And it showed, you know, goddamn, he's great at a promo, you know? Um, so I hope he gets more chances on the mic. Um, and I know that he's putting over this new character and he's a little more serious, and I'm fine with that. But give me more of this. He doesn't have to be stoic to be serious, you know? Exactly. And, you know, he doesn't, if he's, just because he's supposed to be the lunatic doesn't mean he has to be, you know, you know, funny, ha, ha, ha. He doesn't have to be the lunatic fringe, mm. you know? He can just be this, you know, quiet madman, you know, who just goes off on these tangents. So, um, I I don't know. I, I dug it. Um, they went, they did a few back and forths throughout the night. Um, backstage between uh, Reigns and Ambrose. Um, what was cool was, and I felt this was a missed opportunity too at the same time, Corbin comes out and he says, all right, here are your choices. And you have to choose one, either a uh, universal title match against Reigns, an intercontinental uh, title match against Rollins, or a match against Strowman. They could have, like had him like play up like you know making this decision all night long exactly but for some reason they just like you know had him decide right there on the spot which i was like well that feels like a missed opportunity you could have had him like in the middle of the ring well, at the end of the night doesn't corbin make the decision for him anyway so i believe so i don't quite recall exactly how it was done but he he basically tells him that he's sticking with his brothers. So then Corbin goes ahead and tells him, I believe that, okay, here comes Strowman. Strowman comes out. Um, and then, but then he sets up a few more matches for Reigns against Ziggler. And I believe it's, uh, oh, McIntyre versus Rollins. But then Corbin makes it non-title matches. Yeah. Which makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> Like his rationale is Reigns wants to put the title on the line, but so Corbin stops him, which you would think would just infuriate Ziggler at this point. Mm. Um, but he seems to be okay with it. They have a hell of a match, though. I gotta say, Raw spent a lot of time actually like between the ropes and the ring this week. Um, and I it was a better show because of it. So Rollins' uh, match with McIntyre was great. I have enjoyed Ambrose' match with um, with Strowman. So, and those are two styles that I feel like clash a lot. Um, but they, they worked well together. So um, overall, I guess say Raw was probably the better show this week, honestly. And I can't always say that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no. So I, I don't know. I could see it going either way, though. I could see him turning on the shield. 
Um, they also laid the seeds of, you know, maybe, you know, either Ziggler or McIntyre, you know, turning on, you know, their team. So we'll see what happens. I, I, I felt see. like this was like a Survivor Series, you know, match. Oh, well, yeah. But, but, you know, they're blowing their load right off the bat, I guess. <laughs> um, and I can also easily see Strowman just betraying both of them. For and no becoming reason. a face again? Not, no, not becoming a face, just just toppling over. Yeah, because I guess he still has his match against um, Reigns and Lesnar. Yeah. So, and that, once again, that whole pay-per-view is kind of stifling this card, I Mm -hmm. feel like. Because we don't have a universal title match now because of that. And we also don't have an IC title match because, you know, so, because of this angle. Now, but why don't we have a U.S. title match? Because they hit Nakamura. And us fans. (laughs) (laughs) There's absolutely no reason he doesn't have a match. It makes no sense. They're lazy. And they don't know what to do with him. So it really makes no sense. Um, Just turn and face at this point. Because there's nothing... There's too many heels on SmackDown. Mm. We talked about this last week. (laughs) But there's too many heels on SmackDown. I hate to say because I've enjoyed him as a heel. Either move him to Mm. Raw or turn him face. You know, because... I feel like Randy is like taking Nakamura's spot, basically. So they, they have nothing to do, you know, nothing for him to do right now. You know, he's basically, I mean, at the most, he'll be in a lower mid-card feud, which is ridiculous. I mean, this guy was in the main, one of the main events of WrestleMania, yes. you know, just a couple months ago. And people wanted him to be the main event. Yes, yes. It's just, it makes God. zero sense. Uh, anyway. So, we promise to be positive, though. (laughs) (laughs) So, last but not least. Yes. We have Triple H versus the Dead Man. For the last time. Not really, but for the last time. Yes, with Kane in Undertaker's uh, corner and Shawn Michaels in Triple H's corner. It's DX versus the Brothers of Destruction all over again. Well, that's what the rumor is that it's going to lead to... Probably, I'm guessing it's Saudi Arabia. Yes. Or maybe it's Survivor Series. I don't know. It's at Saudi. It's, you think it's going to be Saudi? Saudi? Yeah. They wanted him so bad last, last time. That... Yeah, they offered him. Supposedly, they were going to offer him a giant amount of money. So, um, I'm guessing it's Saudi money that's putting this match together. Which, hey, man. I mean, more power to Sean, I guess. And he did mention a couple months back that, you know, maybe it's fun just to come back in a, you know, tag match like this. So I guess he's doing it. Um, It's not necessarily how I would book his return match. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm hoping that this isn't just a one-off. I'm assuming that's probably going to lead to, like, an Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels match. Um, I'm fine with that. I did like the, you know... the angle or the promo that they shot between the two um, when they originally came out, um, you know, and, uh, Sean or actually Undertaker confronted Sean. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, if they're going to do that though, I want something on the line like Undertaker's career. So I think that would be awesome to see like Sean retire the Undertaker and have him go out that way. Cause I'm done. <laughs> Christian, I'm done. I don't need to see the Undertaker wrestle anymore. But I, if they do that, it has to be a mania. I agree with that. Um, there was a rumor about it recently, and they were actually talking about like Survivor Series. Um, you know if it happens in Survivor Series, he's just going to want to match a mania anyway. Yeah. I, I know. 
But maybe like they put him in the Hall of Fame or something like that, so he does it. That's his spot on Mania. No, and he just does a little run in like you know last WrestleMania. Was that even a match? That was a match. It was, was a match it? versus. Was Cena. it really it was though? Was it really? There was bells, and I feel like oh god, and I feel like since Cena got demolished by Taker, I feel like you're gonna end up getting another match at fucking Mania this year. Between what? those two. Between Cena and Taker? I just feel like there's no way. Cena left way too much on the table there. He got destroyed. I feel like you're going to get like the legitimate match this year. Really? God damn it. Yeah. I don't want to see them fight again. I don't, hey, I don't either. <laughs> I don't want to see them fight at all. How did this conversation start? I'm done. I'm done. He's a glorified entrance now. I know that's blasphemy for some, but I just, I'm done with it. I don't need it. I'm done. You know, and I, I the only reason I'd be okay with Sean versus Undertaker is just because I know Sean could carry him to a good match. And that is saying a lot since Sean hasn't wrestled in like eight years. <laughs> but I feel like he could still probably carry the Undertaker to a good match. So Let, let's wait till after storyline wise too. I feel like it makes sense. Oh, yes, absolutely. You know, so it's a circle of life, man. Well, who do you have winning this match anyway? We, we didn't even say. Does it fucking matter? No, but um, I'm gonna say Triple H wins, and it's gonna be because of you know something Sean does to build heat between the two, and that leads to maybe the tag match, and then that leads to the match between Sean and. Hmm. Put it in the books. Maybe a no contest. Oh god, to end the because this is gonna be the main event. I don't play anything. You're like fuck it. It's Australia. Who cares? (laughs) (laughs) We're not getting the. You'll get what you get, (laughs) Uh and you won't get upset. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god. Um, You're well, telling me you can't picture hoping, all the four old men laying in the ring, the refs just looking around and waving? Well, after fucking Hell in a Cell, I can't imagine them doing that again. Because <laughs> that's basically the finish of Hell in a Cell. Pretty much. But I mean, so, um, oh, if Brock Lesnar came out and demolished everyone, that'd be hilarious. Yes. <laughs> but that would probably kill The Undertaker at this point. Yes. He's on his like third like hip, so I just can't <laughs> see him taking another F5. Ooh. Um. Well, I hope the card is good. Yes. <laughs> I want it has to... potential. There's a lot of, you know, like I said, Styles versus Joe, Brian versus The Miz. Um, you know, I feel like the tag team match is a sleeper right there. You know, New Day versus The Bar. Um, so there's potential for a lot. Oh, Becky and Charlotte. You know, there's potential mm-hmm. for a lot of good matches here. So you know, Bray could injure someone. It's, it's going to be a good time. <laughs> <laughs> She's totally gonna injure someone. Uh, as as poor Bree. As long as it's Sarah Logan, then we're fine. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she can come back, not a Viking. Oh my gosh, I yeah, I think they've forgotten again that she's supposed to be a Viking. Oh yeah, they've forgotten. So, but all right. Anyway, so we actually have another event happening this coming weekend. Uh, King of Pro Wrestling. And we had a precursor to it this past weekend with Fighting Spirit Unleashed. Yes. That's right. So, uh, did you catch the card? Um, I 
you know, I watched highlights, got bits and pieces. I was okay. a little busy this weekend. Okay, fair yeah, enough. I, I finished Spider Man. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> I give you credit. Priorities. <laughs> um, it was a decent card. It, it, you know, I think overall, um, I think it met my expectations. I, my expectations weren't very high mm. just because there was nothing really announced. Um, on paper, it kind of felt like a glorified house show, but. I mean, they do everything well with New Japan. So even what like seems like a kind of like thrown together card is still a fucking awesome card. So um, the wrestlers did not disappoint. They always give one hundred and ten percent out there. So I I can't complain, mm-hmm. you know, about anything I saw. Um, you know, highlights for me were definitely uh, Marty and Osprey. Um, I, that was. Definitely mm. one of the matches of the night. They know each other so well at this point, though. It's like, how can they have a bad match? Yeah, yeah, right. Like I've never seen it. Mm. So, but it was still a fun match, and you, we've seen him wrestle a lot, but it's still entertaining every fucking time. Um, I also really enjoyed uh, that God went over the Young Bucks. Um, match wise, it was okay. Storyline wise, I thought it was cool to see God go over, and I'm glad that that's an angle that's continuing. Because it kind of felt like it went off track a little lately. You better use that gunstun as a gif. Oh, I will. Don't worry about it. <laughs> if I can find it, I will use it. You make that. So I, well, I'll have to figure out how to do that. But that's not something I want to learn to do because I'll just be making gifts. Oh, it's all not hard, Damien. It's not hard. It's not hard. I just don't want to be consumed by it. <laughs> You've seen what happened with fucking Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, okay? <laughs> I feel like lawnmower man. Um. So, but yeah, I just. Yeah, I, I, I really am happy that, you know, G.O.D. went over here. I loved Tama's look after the match when he, like, won the belts. And he's just staring into, like, you know, nothingness like a psychopath. Like, damn straight I won. Like, it's not even a thought in his head. Mm-hmm. But he's, like, at the same time, you can, you know, feel, like, this, like, resolution, like, kind of come over him. Um, just like, this is his mission, you know, and he's, you know, completed one of the steps. So, um, I'm curious to see where they go with this. I know that Tama's like been openly recruiting for the Bullet Club. I don't know if he's gotten any recruits at this point, but you know, on Twitter and everything, even the shirt that, uh, Haku was wearing was like all about recruiting right now, (laughs) which is weird. So I don't know where that angle is going. But, um, yeah, I, I thought it was a fun match. Um, you know, we've got Matt selling his back again. Mm. Um, I definitely think it's a work. I know some people were speculating whether or not it was actually real. Oh, I was just joking, though. Me, personally, I was... No, there are people online speculating whether or not it was real. I was like, no, it's not. Yes, that's a work. But I'm just saying, at this point, you might as well be injured. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that is true. (laughs) So, um, but it made sense storyline-wise, you know, so I don't mind them recalling to that. Um, you know, it's a little bit much on the nose. I think you were saying with, you know, Nick having to come and help him out with like yes. picking up guys. It's like, okay, then just don't do the move. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It, it was, it's still a fun match. Um, we also, I love Zack Sabre Jr. and the Killer Elite Squad together. Like, I just, I love everything about them. I love their intensity. <laughs> I love how insanely heelish they are. Um, man, uh, David Boy Smith's kid is just on fire, man. He's really coming out to his own as like a heel. You know, he's just a monster fucking heel right now. 
um, New Japan better fucking like get him under contract and keep him on contract for a while because if Vince even gets wind of you know what he's become he will be signing him up mm. you know in no time so and ruining him so <laughs> <laughs> that's horrible <laughs> But true. Uh, I also like the fact that you've got the little storyline between Evil and Saber right now, where Evil cannot beat Saber for some reason. So mm. I think that's kind of cool that they've got these like little side storylines going on. So um, Cody defeated Juice. Yes. Thoughts? Um, it's interesting to see him like carrying you know, these two prestigious titles at this point. It's interesting to see like it's still a young title, but you know we have him holding both titles at this point. It's really cool. Yeah, (laughs) I'd love to see him going to different promotions carrying both of these. It shows how much um, they believe in Cody, Mm. so um, which is nice to see. Um, You know, Cody's definitely feeling more heelish now that All In is over with. So I'm sure it was you know something that they thought they needed to do, kind of make him a little less heel. You know, Mm. leading up to All In even though they sold the place out, but it made sense for him storyline-wise, you know, going after the NWA title and everything. Now, this is all great for Cody, but I just don't know where Juice goes. You know, I think this is a great... The way his storyline is going right now, I feel like they're just kind of having him uh, persevere. So I feel like, you know, which seems to be like a New Japan thing, where you... where If this was the WWE, I would totally think that they were burying him. Um, But I feel like... In uh, New Japan, it feels like this is something that they do storyline-wise with their mid-card guys, where you really have to earn, you know, getting to upper mid-card or main event status. So you go through these, like, peaks and valleys. Um, So I could see him, you know, eventually getting back up to, you know, winning that belt again, um, but going through these big spots where he's doubting himself and everything, almost kind of like what Okada's going through right now. So it, it feels like they're just more invested in long-term booking. Crazy, mm-hmm. right? So it's not like a Dolph Ziggler type deal where they're just going to, you know, have him lose a bunch and then fucking forget about him. You know, I feel like he's going to, you know, actually, you know, get a storyline, you know. And, you know, they're. I think they see Juice as a big player in the future. So, um, but I could see why, you know, after I've been saying that for like three years, though. Yeah, but you actually had him, you know, get over in the G1, even though he had that injury and everything. Like, then he actually won a title. Mm -hmm. So, which is big for Gaijin talent, you know, um, especially from where he came from. So, I definitely, and he's over, you know, so, and they're putting him in these like feature spots in the card. So, I, I do feel like it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't get too down on where they see like juice at the, at this moment. Like mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put past them to for him to be featured again. You know soon, um, you know, and I'm sure he'll probably still have some kind of you know feud with Cody. You know, going forward. Now, what did you think about the um, post match shit? Did you see any of it? Um, I did not see their. Uh... So I was I I don't know if it was an interview or something like that, but I guess at some point Juice called himself the American Dream, and I don't know if it was you know like he brought up the whole NXT angle where like you know they 
they basically called his crop of NXT wrestlers like Dusty's kids and everything like that because Dusty was, you know, in charge of NXT at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dusty meant so much to all those wrestlers under his tutelage. Um, so I don't know if he brought up that moniker or whatever, but apparently it must have pissed someone off um, in the Rhodes family. Mm-hmm. He made reference to Dustin. So he was very sincerely like apologizing in his press conference, which just felt very off, um, you know, where he was kind of trying to explain himself. And he said, I, you know, I hope in the future I don't have to explain this, but I meant like, you know, I'm my own version of the American dream, not the American dream. And that, you know, he meant no, you know, offense to any of the Rhodes family when, you know, he said he was one of Dusty's kids. You know, something along those lines. Mm. I'm paraphrasing. Um, Cody, though, came out and just cut a fucking heated fucking promo. Just, you know, talking about he's really, you know, Dusty's kid, you know. Um, And that, you know, people shouldn't forget that. You know, everyone's been high on juice lately. But, you know, they should be talking about him. Um, so it was it was just another stellar promo by Cody. Mm. And he's just killing it on the mic right now. Um, I, I'm glad to see him getting back to being a full-fledged heel. And, you know, we'll get to what happens, you know, at the main event. But, you know, basically we had the Golden Lovers defeating Okada and Ishii in a great fucking match. And because we're in the States, there was no Kimmy! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's really no heat anymore between these two teams, but it was still a fantastic mm. match. Um, but then after the match, you have Kenny pick up a mic and basically make the challenge to Ishii. Um, not Ishii, I'm sorry. Make the challenge to... Um, Ibushi. Ibushi. So um, basically he owes him after losing to him at the G1. So... They're supposed to have the match, so he's like, well, let's go ahead and have it, you know, this coming weekend at uh, the King of Pro Wrestling. And you could see the hesitation between both of them because they made that promise that they wouldn't, you know, kill each other in a match. But, you know, it is, you know, the rules, basically, of the game and, you know, basically, you know, the time-honored tradition. Mm. So um, Cody comes out to do them a favor and put himself also in. <laughs> In the match, I don't know if the logic is like he's supposed to be a buffer or whatever, or you know. Um, so now we've got a three way dance between Kane, Kenny, Cody, and Ibushi. And Ibushi. Yeah. So, all right. Um, how crazy would it be to see Cody with all three of those titles? That would be insane. I don't see it happening, but <laughs> uh, do you get Cody turning on all of them? I mean, he's definitely a heel again. I mean, even though they're still talking like they're friends, like during this little, like, you know, end of the match, you know, promo that they did here. I can easily see that happening, but at the same time, I'm not ready for them to go right back into that feud. I want to, at least I would wait till after Wrestle Kingdom at this point. Does he, he could always join the uh, firing squad. He could join the fighting squad. He could join um, New Chaos as well. Oh, that'd be interesting. I could see him getting along with Jay White and them a little bit better than I could see the. Yeah, we, have you seen Destiny. any kind of interaction between him and Jay White? Not really. That seems like it would be a badass fucking match right there. But like them together, man, you want to talk about fucking heel faction? Holy shit. 
those are two fucking classic heels right there. Um, we also, I know at the King of Pro Wrestling, we're going to have Jay White taking on Tanahashi uh, for his opportunity at Wrestle Kingdom. So um, that was set up. And then I believe we also have Skrull versus uh, Kushida happening too. And that is for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. So that's the end of the tournament right there. All right. So, uh, so we got a lot of wrestling happening this weekend. Wrestling match I'm going to have to watch. Though. A lot of wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Um, overall, this card was decent. Like I said, mm. um, I w- I was it was really disappointing to see like the amount of empty seats though. There, I know they had a hard time selling it out. They didn't sell it out. Um, you know, after everything that happened with All In, it feels like it would be something easy for them to do. And I think part of the problem is the fact that, you know, they're, I don't know, they're almost treating it like an American house show. Like they're, mm-hmm. they didn't really announce anything for the card. Um, they're just featuring a lot of, you know, the American talent. I really wish they would just bring New Japan to the States. You know, instead of like giving us what they think we want to see, just give us one of their bigger cards here. You know, have one of their bigger events here. Have King of Pro Wrestling here. You know, I think that I think they would sell it out. You know, mm-hmm. I think they would, you know, do well, you know, but I feel like it's really just kind of a glorified house show at this point. Um, so I, I think that's unfortunate. So I, I, I and but you don't feel like. That's how other countries feel with WWE, right? No, I do feel like that's okay. the, the way they feel with WWE. That you, you know? want them to bring like a big show over. Yeah, them. I'm sure that's what they want. Mm. Absolutely, but WWE doesn't have to care because they 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 are the brand. You know, they're not like building. I'm mm-hmm. sure they. I mean, you know, with Saudi Arabia and everything like that, they're bringing bigger cards because they're getting offered like boatloads of fucking money. You know, Australia, I'm guaranteeing you gave them a huge payday um, to get that card. So they're trying to do these, like, big, like, international super events or whatever they're, like, coining them. But I'm sure when, you know, they are in these other countries, you know, they're getting these glorified house shows. New Japan, they're trying to, like, set themselves up, you know, in America right now. And I don't think this helps them, like, Mm -hmm. this kind of card. You know, cards like, um, you know, what's going to happen, like take place in Madison, you know, uh, Madison Square Garden, you know, selling that place at WrestleMania weekend. And I'm sure they're going to put their best foot forward with Ring of Honor. Um, that's going to help them. You know, putting on an event like All In, you know, even though that wasn't their event, but like putting on that kind of caliber events where you get buzz and everything like that and you put the marketing behind it because mm-hmm. there was hardly any marketing at all. Oh, I hope us. they treat that super card like it is Mania. Yeah, I, I hope so too. I hope so too. But they really haven't even, like I guess on their like other shows, they really haven't been hyping this up, like this card up, the Fighting Spirit card. You know, um, and I think they kind of book themselves in the corner because they don't want to ruin any like ongoing mm-hmm. storylines, so they don't know where to go with the card. Just make the card part of the ongoing storyline, though. It's going to be featured on your you know streaming service, so people will still see it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get why you know they're giving us you know this kind of Americanized version of New Japan. We like the product already. You don't have to water it down mm-hmm. for us. So, you know, give us the real New Japan. 
So that, that's just my take <laughs> on it. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to about do it for this episode. This is probably the latest we've ever gone, Christian. It is almost 2 o'clock in the fucking morning. <laughs> about. I, I think this is the latest, it's been, it's been one of our longer episodes it, as well. It, oh, really? Yep. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> we apologize in advance. Oh, it's no problem. They enjoy this. Oh, I don't know. We'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, before we move on, we've got some shout-outs to some awesome podcasts that we think you should be listening to. Up first, we got There's a Movie for That, a podcast where we talk about what's going on in the news and cross that with our favorite movies a wannabe member of the Pottern family. We're all members of the Pottern family, goddammit. Yes. So, um, definitely an awesome podcast. Check them out. Uh, we also have Hyperbroil Podcast, uh, a hilariously bad advice podcast that gives you the giggles you crave. Found anywhere you listen to podcasts. Hey, just like us. Um, <laughs> also, uh, the Geekdom Fancast. Uh, nobody exists on purpose. Nobody belongs anywhere. Everybody's going to die. Come listen to our nerd <laughs> podcast on whatever podcast app you use. Wow. <laughs> I agree. Um, and then last but not least is uh, Dare Daniel podcast, which has been recoined the Scare Daniel podcast, I'm sure for the month of uh, October. A film critic and comedian review the worst movies you can imagine. Listen and subscribe on iTunes or whatever you get your podcasts on. All right. So check those podcasts out. Yes. And also make sure you check everyone out in our network, Drama City Productions. That's right. The DCP. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, you can hear us on your favorite podcast apps. I tried to do this on Monday, by the way, on Twitch. It was a nightmare. So oh. we have Spreaker, Stitcher, Podbean, you not YouTube. I do have stuff on YouTube, but not... That We're not sense. announcing it yet. It's not ready, damn it. It's not ready. Um, I said iTunes, right? Whatever, you did now. iTunes. Um, Player FM. Player FM. iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio is a big one. Um, Spotify. Spotify. That's enough. That's still a big one I was trying to figure okay, out. Okay, there you go. Uh, Wherever you listen yes. to podcasts, <laughs> goddammit. Don't have to listen to me stutter. Just Google right now. That's Amazing right. Nerd Show. Subscribe, rate, and review. Yes. Help us out. Support your podcast. If you like what you're hearing right now, I don't know why you would, but if you do, please go ahead. You know, give us that subscription. Mm. Give us that subscription. Is that what you would call that? Yeah, yeah right. You subscribe as a subscription. Yeah, right. Duh. Anyway, it's two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, go ahead, rate and review us. It is a big help for this podcast. Yes. So um, uh, beyond that, we are on iTunes. We are on Twitter, Facebook, <laughs> and um, Instagram. That's our like homes for social media. Make sure that you're following us there so you can get all the information, you can get all the memes, you can get all the content that we're putting out at all times. Um, we're also on Twitter. Yeah, I said Twitter. Oh, did you? Oh, okay. After I fucked up, I said Twitter. Oh, okay. Okay. We're on <laughs> Twitch? Yes. We're also on Twitch. There's another way to support us. Follow us there. Um, keep up with our video game content because I'm going to keep producing it. It's Horror Month, baby. I'm getting through all the games. I'm going to be playing... Um, I think Last of Us this weekend, uh, and then 
I actually more. know that game. Yes. My sister's a big fan. Uh, tomorrow, I think I might, uh, or today, the episode when you're listening, I think I'm going to be doing um, Until Dawn. And then maybe on Sunday as well, I'll be doing um, Doki Doki Literature Club. So I'm, I'm packing in the games. Awesome. I'm getting through. And next week I have Call of Duty, so let's, right. Tune in on let's Twitch. power through. That's the drinking game, right? That's what I'm going to be drinking in, yes. Yeah, don't tune in that one, guys. I don't want Christian to die. <laughs> <laughs> Just be me talking to myself in my basement. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's going to do it for this week. Also, don't forget that promo code if you live in the Chicagoland area and yes. you want to check out some haunted houses. Uh, one of these upcoming weekend, go ahead and check out the Lost Souls Haunted Bus Tour. Um, you can go ahead and check out their website at Lost, Show, uh, Lost Souls Chicago. And don't forget that uh, promo code. Yes, that's Nerd Show. Get $10 off a ticket. Exactly. So, um, also, check yes. out our house band, Them Guilty Aces, another Chicagoland area act. Yes. Um, you can go ahead and download them on iTunes. And check out their videos on YouTube. Yes, and Greg Rebner, our house DJ, check him out. Yes, on SoundCloud, and you can follow him on Instagram. Yes, get our theme song as your um, ringtone. Get damn straight. It'll be awesome. And don't forget to check us out next week, because we will continue our horror movie countdown. Exactly. All through Halloween. So close to Halloween. That's right, that's right. right. Tis the season. Tis the season. This is Christian. This is Damon. And that was the Amazing Nerd Show. This has been a Drama City production. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes. Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible. Who are you singing to, princess? You scared Jody. Jody? There's no one here, see? You scared her. She went out the window. She went out the window? Well, I, I better check and make sure she's not still there, huh?